Football is back, and this is the J-Mail for Real podcast. Yes, that is right, the J-Mail for Real podcast. This is your host, J-Mail, and if you didn't hear me when I said it the first time, football is back. Yes, it is back, and tonight we're going to be, be I'm going to be breaking that down with my main man, D Black, the attack, as football and Dak are back. How's it going, Dave? I, uh, I'd like to buy a vowel, Alex. Um, okay. That's, that's what your mother said last night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I didn't have a quick comeback, so yeah, man. celebrity Jeopardy always work, right? Yeah, buddy. Oh, we know that was yeah. Sean Connery, right? No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. That was uh Daryl Hammond playing Sean Connery. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, that was the best. Oh, it really was. But not as good as football, though, you know, because it's back, baby. Yes, it, yes, 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 it, it, yes, it is. Man, my dialogue, uh, I'm doing really good with repeating multiple words tonight. <laughs> what uh, happened? You have anything to add? Like, um, yeah. Ah, uh, man, I'm just so excited football's back. It's about time. You know, it's, I feel like we've been waiting 10 years for it. You know what I mean? And uh, I know it clearly hasn't been. But at the same time, it really kind of feels like it's been pretty much forever. And now yeah. felt like the longest off season in history, and now it's back finally. And boy, is it back, huh? Right. What what, what a treat we had tonight with that opening game back. Like, I don't Dude, know. We, we had awesome. a little bit of everything. <clears throat> that game was awesome, man. Offense was rocking. Defense was rocking. Like Tom Brady looked like you like for for the most part, he looked like mid season peak form already. Dak Prescott actually like he looked a little tentative at first, but. Then he was just like he remembered that he can play and be like elite, and he yeah. just looked fantastic. Did you know, scrambles took a few hits, threw for four hundred yards. Sounds like a normal Dak Prescott press day. <laughs> well, well, yeah, especially since the Cowboys lost. So you know, that's even more of a, a typical Dak Prescott game. No, I, I was going to save that point for for after we talked about some players and the teams a little bit more. But, <laughs> but how much does this feel like same old Dallas? Dak right? Prescott throws for 400 yards, and the Cowboys find a way to lose a game that they should have won. Hold on. Not only 400 yards, 400 yards and three touchdowns with only one interception, and they still lost. Yeah. They, they, they win the turnover battle 4-2. to two. Dak throws for 400, and uh, I don't know. E- even their defense did much better than people would think. So, so I would argue their defense was nothing that, uh, nothing too special, more – relied on the big play than, than actual shutdown. But um, what though, they, they did, they weren't terrible. They, for the most part, like not that the running backs for Tampa Bay are, are phenomenal running backs by any stretch of the imagination, but like, you know, Ron, they, they turned over Ronald Jones and you pretty much didn't see him for the whole rest of the night. He was in Bruce Arians doghouse. He's Tom always Brady. in Bruce Arians doghouse. <laughs> you know, and then you had Lombardi Lenny out there and they picked him off. Oh, no, they fumbled him. You know, oh, no, they picked him off. Yeah. Tom Brady threw to, to Lombardi Lenny and they picked him off right away. And that was that on him for like two quarters. And then finally they were like, all right, I guess we, we should probably run the ball. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they, let's talk about that. Neither team could run the ball at all. And not only could uh, neither team run the ball, neither team tried to run the ball for the most part. 
It, it was just kind of crazy. Dallas tried every once in a while. They were like, hey, you know, we paid this guy Zeke a lot of money. Let's give him the ball. And then he was like, okay, give me the ball. And I'm like, all right, here's the ball. And he goes, where did the ball go? I don't know. I feel like they threw it to Zeke more than they than they handed it to him. But, you know, yeah. I, I don't have the number count in front of me or whatnot. I mean, but we knew going in that Zeke wasn't going to have a big game. Uh, you know, with, the, with that defense with Sue in the middle and Vita Bay and uh, White and David, it's it's really hard for any running back to have success. Oh, yeah. I mean, just uh, just Vita Bay alone, like, there was one – like, I was watching a game with a friend of mine and my son tonight, and, like, we were watching at that one play where Vita Bay just manhandled in slow motion. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, too. He the one where he looked like the blob from the, uh, from the X-Men. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, it was crazy. He <laughs> manhandled of Yep. And then and then just grabbed Dak Prescott while you know while going down with the offensive guy. And then they showed it in slow motion. And all you just heard was <laughs> and I just looked and I just looked at my buddy and like that's got to be the most terrifying thing. Like, I don't care how, if you're Tom Brady, if you're Dak Prescott, I don't care who you are. If you're standing there, you're holding the ball, and you see that gentleman coming at you. <laughs> I don't know how you keep your composure, much less not turn tail and run. You yeah, know no, I mean? that, that might even be terrifying for Derrick Henry, right? <laughs> that, that would be terrifying for anybody. That was crazy. Uh um, so Just give it is, now, is now the one that we will be praising over the course of the next few weeks. And uh, please. And when he has another uh, when he has another outing like tonight's outing, may, maybe we get on and make some uh, Vita Vey jokes, you know, the world revolving around him and whatnot. Right. <laughs> um, by the way, I just out of curiosity, I pulled up those that stat line for Ezekiel Elliott, like you said. Yeah. Dude, it was rough. 11 rushes for 33 yards two receptions for six yards. So he had 39 total yards on 13 touches. It's only two receptions for six yards. That is a rough game, man. That is a rough game for him. Like halfway through the third quarter, I simply tweeted, it's like, uh, is, can someone give me rushing yards? Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't care if it's, if the running back's going against my fantasy team, like can someone just run the ball a little? Anyone, yeah, either team. It could be a fourth string running back. It could, it could have been any of them. It's, I, uh, I, I'd have to imagine that now knowing that the, uh, Elliot, uh, Elliot had 33 yards, what I'm guessing there was less than 90 rushing yards the whole game between all backs uh, collectively. Uh, well, let's see. You had 39 from Elliot. Uh, are we counting total yards or a rushing? No, we're just yards? counting their rushing yards. So 33 okay, from Elliott. So then 33 from Elliott, 14 from Pollard. Uh, so that's 47. Do you want to count Dak Prescott? Because he had four rushes for 13 yards. No, let's not count the quarterbacks. Okay, so then we've got 37 yards from uh, in total rushing from Dallas. And Tampa Bay, Lombardi Lenny had 32. He was 9 for 32. So we're uh, 79. Yep, Rojo was 14. Uh, so we we broke 90. We, we, we yep. had 94 rushing yards. <laughs> yep, and then and then my main man Antonio Brown had one rush for six yards too. <laughs> How about Antonio Brown tonight? Um, 
Uh, have we answered the question of who the Bucks' number one wide receiver is going to be, or is it going to be someone new every week? Who knows, man? But I mean, you know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts so, all, all summer long, and and basically all summer long, what I heard from. Uh, like nobody said anything about Antonio Brown except for one dude. And this one dude I listened to was just like, yeah, man, um, why bother taking Mike Evans or Chris Godwin in round two or three of drafts when you can have Antonio Brown at the end and he's going to put up the same numbers. And boy, he sure looks like he was right so far. Well, did, didn't he Brown. also get more targets than either of them tonight? I feel like uh, what, no, he ended he, with he three receptions. He actually didn't get more targets. He had um, – he had one rush for six yards. Okay. okay. Then he had five receptions for 121 yards and a tug. So he had a total of six touches for 127 yards and one touchdown. There were so, so there were at least three passes that were thrown to him that were that that were not completed. That were dropped. Yeah. Well, they weren't dropped, but they they just weren't completed. Good defense on Dallas. Yeah. Part. Yeah. Non-completed. I fully realized that Gronk also found the fountain of youth and he had like eight or nine receptions tonight over a hundred yep. yards in the two touchdowns. Like, uh, dude, he was eight for 90 and two teach, uh, two touchdowns, eight yeah, receptions, no. 90 yards, vintage Gronk. And can we just give a real quick shout out to Gronk? Because I don't know if you caught yeah. that stat during the game, but it was, he had his 101st and 102nd touchdown tonight but it was also his number 100 touchdown from Tom Brady. Yep. You know, in the regular season is tied for third all time and 14 in the postseason is number one of his first all time. And yep. I, I saw that when they put it up uh, and, you know, and it's not just that he had the stats. He looked, he looked good when he was doing it. Um, let's see. He looked great. He looked in, great. In, in he particular looked tonight. That play where he blocked Shaq Barrett, and then quickly cut in uh, uh, right in the middle of all the coverage. Brady hit him in stride, and he just uh, plowed him to the end zone. That yep. play looked like I was watching Gronk 10 years ago. Yeah, that was crazy. And even Chris Godwin, man. I got to give a shout-out to Chris Godwin. Nine uh, nine receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown for him, too. Like, like that I am not giving Chris Godwin a shout-out. He dr- – he dropped a wide open touchdown pass that that would have that one he did up. yes so, yes so well, yeah. yeah we can about the point where he tried to get the end zone yep yeah he was trying to pull in Antonio Brown and he was trying to get to that end zone and he just couldn't get there but you know what though like it happens but still like he he did some damage tonight even with that mistake he did some damage tonight against that Dallas Cowboys offense uh, defense. And a quick side note while we're talking about Bucks receivers that are scoring touchdowns and whatnot, because, you know, uh, Gronk had two, Brown had two, and no, uh, Gronk had two, Brown had one, and Godwin had one. When I I made my prediction for the game on TikTok earlier today, but which, by the way, I had 31-24 Tampa Bay. So if we we count it that I was doing it versus the spread, which was eight and a half, I would have gotten that correct. But uh, de- definitely don't listen to any any prop bets that I give because I said Mike Evans will definitely score a touchdown. It's kind of like he's the only Buccaneers wide receiver that didn't score a touchdown today. Tom Tom Brady was like Oprah on the field today. He was like, "You get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown." And Mike Evans was like, "May I get a touchdown, Mister Thomas Brady, sir?" Oh no 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 no! He was like, "No touchdown for you." Right. 
Uh, yep. Cue the music to curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> and then obviously on the other side of the ball, we had uh, two scores from Amari Cooper. We had a score from C.D. Lamb. Both of yep. them had brilliant games. Amari Cooper, uh, we talked about some great performance on the Bucks side. Amari Cooper completely carved up the Tampa Bay secondary. It was, uh, yeah. What was that about, man? Yeah. Wait, I like, I'm not going to get thrown to at all in, in the first quarter. And then suddenly I'm going to have two games worth of production in the, in the final three quarters. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was nutty. Uh, that was so crazy. You, you know, it's funny. At a certain point in time, I, I have CeeDee Lamb in, I don't know, in, in the fantasy league that I care the most about. Um, so I don't have in multiple leagues, but just the one I care most about. Um, mm. I was thinking with how great Amari Cooper was doing, I didn't realize how good of a game C.D. Lamb was having. And I was like, well, by comparison, it's awful. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, C.D. Lamb also had like uh, eight and over 100 and a touchdown. So it's kind of like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the crazy thing is like, like I already read like some of like the recaps and stuff on the game. And, like, one of the things that was said already that, that just really stands out to me is CeeDee uh, Lamb posted, like, like a really just awesome stat line and it looked really fantastic the whole time, you know what I mean? And that all said and done there, and it just – that's not the story of the game when you look at what Amari Cooper did. And Amari Cooper was just – he was an animal, dude. It was crazy. Yeah, that's not even the story of that offense. C.D. Lamb was probably only the third best player on that offense with that game. Uh, I don't know, but well, yeah, if you count Dak Prescott, okay, yeah, you have fine. to count Dak Prescott. Okay, but yeah, otherwise he was uh, either otherwise he was a second because uh, you know, but seven one oh four and one for Lamb. Oh my bad, I called it eight. <laughs> yeah, no, it was seven. He he missed fifty he fifty percent of the targets because he had fourteen targets tonight. I recall, uh, I think I recall him saying at the end of the night. I think he was seven for 14 for 104 and one. And he was also drawing top coverage tonight, too. Yep. Drawing the coverage from uh, uh, what's his face? Oh, he, he had a, the man had a brilliant game. How am I not remember his name? I, I post him as my ID, uh, as my IDP awareness uh, player of the Buccaneers. And uh, yeah, Carlton Davis. Let, let's talk oh, a little Carlton about Davis. the secondaries. We talked Carlton about the receiver Davis. groups. What a game from Carlton Davis. Like, whenever there was a big play happening, he was somehow involved in it for the Buccaneers. He had a good night. Levante David had a good night. Uh, oh, especially when Levante David, Levante David saved the touchdown with an incredible defendant pass that he, yeah, that he like that, for. Levante David also on. made a big mistake. Did you see the big mistake he made during the game, though? Uh, and he was I, I missed enough. that. What was it? Oh, dude, yeah, I, so I caught that play. He was so mad at himself. He took his helmet off and slammed it on the ground. He, at one point, he jumped up and he he tipped off, a, he tipped a ball. And had he not done that, it was going straight into the arms of another defender. Did you hey. catch that? It was right outside the end zone. Okay. There was another. There was another Tampa Bay guy. I don't remember who. I don't know who it was. Though. I I know what you're. I know what you're talking about. I can't fault someone for breaking up a pass. Oh, no, 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 me neither. I, I wasn't saying he did the wrong thing. 
I'm saying when he when he turned around and realized that, that his guy was there and he realized they could have had the interception had he not done it, that's when he got mad and slammed his helmet down. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he did wrong. I'm saying, you know, like on purpose, you know what I mean? It was just like, oh, man, he could have had the interception if I hadn't done that, you know, type of deal. Yeah. But he still had a heck of a game, man. Shaq yeah, Barrett had a good game. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Shaq Barrett had the first sack of the, of the 2021 season, too. Yes, sir, he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, back to uh, – yeah. Just back to um, what's this? Carlton Davis for one minute though. Uh, yeah. The, the interception at the clutch moment, uh, d- defensive passes at the, uh, at the clutch moment, and and the fact that CD, the fact that he limited how great of a game CD Lamb had, uh, yeah. because you know only half. You mentioned it before. Fourteen targets were sent his way. Only half those targets were caught, mm-hmm. and a lot of it had to do with how how great the play was from, uh, from Davis who I, I, he was also on Amari Cooper a few times too, but, um, and you know, sound tackler, um, while we're, before we go over to the Cowboys secondary, uh, it is fair to note that, uh, while we're talking about the Bucks secondary, it is fair to note that both, um, both Sean Murphy bunting and, um, Michael Gallup left night's game with injuries and, uh, We'll be look. We'll be listening for updates on them as the week progresses. That will, those updates will hopefully come out when I'm doing the um, Monday night recap and and injury report. So, uh, but we'll, we'll try to keep you posted on those. And um, yeah, but those were both key losses, one for each team. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it's nothing serious after all. Uh, after everything else. That's happening yeah. today, and I guess we're going to do one quick segue to talk about the Gus Bus, and uh, you know, just jump out of the game for a moment, and him going down with an ACL tear. Uh, that that Baltimore, <sighs> dude, is it something with the field? Because I saw Marcus Peters went down too. It, yeah, it's got to be something with the field, something with the conditioning coaches. At, at this point in time, we can't. We can't just say this is a bunch of bad luck hitting the uh, the Ravens. There has to be something going on that we don't know about. And Dude, there's got to be. Like, I, I am just dreading the thought of what if it's Lamar Jackson at some point. Right? I mean, yeah. think about this for a minute. For first, J.K. Dobbins. And that was before the Gus bus. I was worrying before today's practice. Yeah. But yeah, first J.K. Dobbins. Yep, Justice Hill. Yep. Um, Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters. Oh, all four of them. Correct now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I may very well be wrong. Are all four of them in ACL? Uh, um, Justice Hill's an Achilles tendon. Okay, he was an Achilles, but Dobbins was an ACL, wasn't he? Yep. Um, Edwards is an ACL, and I think they said Marcus Peters is an ACL too. Yes. So that's three out of four is ACLs. Like, is there like one really bad patch, like a divot in the middle of the field and they just keep hitting it and turning a certain way? Like what is going on in Baltimore right now? Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, Do do they have a new, and and it's not just that. It's remember all last season when uh, the Titans and Ravens were at the center of everything COVID related. Well, last year and this year, Ravens are, are the team that's been hit most in the training camp. Like, 
somebody who's part of the training and conditioning staff needs to lose a job, I think. I, I have no idea. Well, maybe the ground crew? I don't know. Maybe Some it's the ground crew, but the ground crew has nothing to do with COVID. No, not COVID, but the ground crew, you know, if that divot's taking people out, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll talk about this more when we get to the, get to the uh, preview of the Ravens game. Uh, so we'll spend a little longer on the Ravens game to talk about that. But uh, let's just jump back here real quick uh, to, to, to the recap of this game. I said I was going to say a few things about the Cowboys secondary. Uh, Trayvon Diggs and Jordan Lewis, both amazing plays. Both the game from those guys, huh? Yeah, but like it was so when I was picking my IDP awareness uh, player of the game for the Cowboys defense, it was so hard coming down to the two of them. Um, and I ended up picking Jordan Lewis, and I, I think I picked wrong because that touchdown that Trayvon Diggs saved on the final drive. Um, that can't get man. Yeah, that, that one that was going to Mike Evans. Like the, the surefire touchdown that was going to Mike Evans. That was just yep. barely robbed by Diggs. Absolutely amazing play. Yeah. Um, it's, but, you know, in the end, I went with Jordan Lewis because I felt like though Diggs had a few more quality plays, whenever you always, Jordan Lewis's name is coming up all the time in tackles or around plays. Or, you know, I'm guessing his tackle total was five plus uh, in in this game. Um, And and it was just you saw him so many times on the screen in front of you. Like if you knew who you were looking for, obviously, most people don't know who 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 Jordan Lewis is. But and they will be knowing who Jordan Lewis is in their future. If you're playing IDP with cornerbacks, there's a good chance that Jordan Lewis is, is coming is going to somebody's team this week. I'm not saying it should necessarily be yours. I'm just saying there's a good chance he's going to someone's. Um, hey, listen, I could take a hit. Hold on a second here. I'll be on the ESPN app. Give me a minute here. <laughs> I don't I know if he's actually give I, me a minute. <laughs> is he still available in our league? I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like he was that he is. Uh, he is on the plus side of fringe in our, in our league. That somebody probably already had him stashed. Uh, I'm checking right now. Randy Gregory. I mean, we have to lay a waiver claim at, at, at this point either way, so it's really, really not even that bad. Talking. Yeah, Jordan Lewis is there, man. Yeah. So. Jordan Lewis is there. Anthony Brown, another one of the Dallas cornerbacks. He he got he had a good game too this week. Oh yeah, and let, let's talk about that Jordan Lewis interception right before halftime too. The one yeah. where it, it looked like he was going to go all the way at a certain point, right? <laughs> it really did. Like, the, the way that that whole interception played out in the end zone with the running run back, I'm kind of like, you know, the, he makes – like, about the Hail Mary thing? What? Talking about the Hail Mary. It was the Hail Mary? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He makes it to the far yard, five-yard line, and I'm like, oh, cute. He's trying to return it. You know, he's trying to return it 109 yards for a touchdown. And then, you, and then he just sits to the 30, to the 40, and, you know, you're starting to watch. It's like, what? The, what is going on? <laughs> like, the game was already getting a little bizarre at that point, um, you, you know, with, with, with the two turnovers on back-to-back series for the Buccaneers. And I was like, oh, if this happens, there is going to be no stopping Dallas in the second half. And, and fortunately, the, uh, the Buccaneers tackled him after a 66-yard run back. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That, that was – 
That got yeah. crazy for a second. I thought I, I thought TB12 was going to have to take him out himself. Yeah. And, and I get it. That play has no significance in the game whatsoever, other than it just gave us a great highlight and m- made all of our hearts race for for at least a, a couple of seconds. Yep. Um, We're still over, awesome. So yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. Um, I know we talked about a few big saves. I, I do want to give a quick shout out to Leonard Fournette because at a certain point in time, it looked like Micah Parsons was going to pick six. And Fournette just not only broke that pass up, he secured it and went down with it. Yeah, he and did. That was absolutely brilliant on the part of Fournette. Yes. Um, yeah, Parsons had it all lined up, ready to redeem himself for getting picked on early, which, by the way, Tom Brady really picked on Micah Parsons this game. And it's like, yeah, no, you're, you're a nice rookie with a lot of hype. I, I, and, I, and I've been doing this for, for a little while. For a very long time. And I'm going to show you what it means to be Tom Brady. Yeah, it's kind of like, welcome to the NFL. <laughs> welcome to the rock. Yeah, because, see... It seemed like, I don't know, it, probably not a true statement, but close enough to being true. It felt like he sent like eight attempts in a row at Micah Parsons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, earlier on in the game. So, uh, you know, it, yeah, it is what it is. He's a rookie. There's going to be growing pains, but um, I don't know. We got anything else uh, other than the obvious Greg the leg cost his team the game. Which again may or may not be a true statement because we don't know if Tom Brady would have scored a touchdown in that final drive. But uh, true, yeah. true. Uh, Greg the league looked awful, and well, he, he he got it back together by him by like after he made those couple misses, then he got like got his act together a little bit more. But he did, yeah, and, and he, he did, did kick a game winning, and he did kick a potential game winning field goal for his team to put them up by one point with a minute and a half left. Yep. So, so in the end, he didn't actually cost his team the game because we don't, you know, uh, first things first, I'm not going to hold the 50-yarder against him. So at most, he left, he really left four points out there. And yeah. I don't know, you kind of got the feeling that uh, yeah, TB12 was going to put that ball in the end zone if he had to. Yeah. So it's just, we just would have seen more points in the game. Um. And who knows, that might have been the Mike Evans touchdown that I call. Yeah, so who knows? from that perspective, I have I have plenty of reasons to hate Greg Dolly right now. So <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, so, that's uh, he missed the, he uh, Greg the leg though. You're right though. He missed that field goal. He missed a PAT too, didn't he? Yep, two field goals and a PAT. Oh. And the, the first field goal that he missed was so bad. Like, was it like a 35 yarder or something? Yeah, and it just was – it didn't have height. It was, like, it was so wide left that people on the uh, – with 10-yard line seats caught it. Yeah. Um, crazy. Again, exaggerating, but it, it might as well have been because it was <laughs> – it was missed by five yards past the line of scrimmage. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, his performance in the first half of the game was so bad. You almost wonder if they, if they, uh, the placeholder had turned the ball's laces out instead of laces in. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, he did have the back surgery this offseason, and he didn't do a lot of kicking. He didn't kick in the preseason or training camp at all. So this was really his first action in a while. Um, so it, it, it'll probably get better. Lace is out, Dan. <laughs> okay. Google is Einhorn. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So uh, do you have anything else to add about that game? No, man. All I, uh, be, there's nothing else we can say. I mean, that was just – it was just an epic, stellar game. Like, yeah. what a welcome back to football. Man, I am so pumped. that Like, I couldn't have asked for a better, more exciting – first night of football that was fantastic i i completely agree yep i, I completely agree all right so uh let's uh, let's talk we are yeah. now going to uh we are now going to break down this week's uh, games and uh we, we have to get some epic music at some point in time you know some uh, uh like like da 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 Oh, wait, no, yeah. that's you. <laughs> <laughs> but don't go too far there because uh, i don't want to get sued it uh uh, in the first episode <laughs> of our second season. <laughs> uh, you knew I'd be the downfall. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, uh, I'll definitely look to find something something cool to play in this segment at some point in time too. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely. This, this Football Friday show will get better as the season progresses. No, but it's starting off great, right? Because we had that Thursday night game to talk about. Yeah, that was awesome. All right, so we're just going to do a uh, we're just going to do a quick preview of uh, of the rest of the games on the slate through Sunday and through Monday night, and then uh, we're we're, we're going to give you a few picks. We're going to uh, we're going to write them down and we're going to note them and we're going to keep our win totals uh, throughout the season to see if we really know anything of what we're talking about. Hey ho! <laughs> there you go. All right, so uh, first up, it's. Um, I mean, the first game that I see listed in front of me is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. All right. So when I look at this game, um, I look at two very different teams. Uh, I'm I don't want to, I don't want to insult the Steelers because I, I I'm I fully realize they started 11-0 last year, but but do you just get the impression that Buffalo is a, but don't you just get the impression that Buffalo is a vast, vastly superior team to Pittsburgh? Oh, definitely. Okay. So, like, yeah. I don't you're, think you're I'm going out on a ledge. You are not on your own on this one. Okay. Um, I mean, let's let's be honest. Let's call it what it is for a minute here, okay? Last year, um, did Pittsburgh start 11-0? Yeah. But, you know, who did they start 11-0 against? Oh, like, okay. Before we go there. They did. They did beat the Titans. They did beat the Ravens and the Browns in that stretch. So there were teams that were good teams that they beat during that stretch. Correct. I'm not saying they played the Jets eight times in a row. You know what I mean? Oh. (laughs) I I don't even think they played the Jets in there at all. (laughs) They might have played the Giants in there though. Oh, that joke was about as low as the New York Jets win total last season. But I'm cha. Okay, moving Which on. won't be as low as the New York Giants win total this season. 
You know what? That's a very valid possibility. <laughs> that is a very valid possibility, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm about to say you have no room. You have no room to talk in this conversation right now. Like, if you're going to start uh, throwing shade at the Jets, it's kind of like your team is very easy and has less of a feature than mine currently. <laughs> Oh, sir, I am very well aware what my team is right now. And that, sir, is a dumpster fire, sir. So we can move on from that one and just enjoy the rest of it. <laughs> so, yeah, when I look at this game, Buffalo gets uh, gets a home game to start off the season. And I don't see any reason why. I don't see any reason why uh, Josh Allen isn't going to go out and, and light it up. That, that offense was defense-proof last year. Like whenever they faced a, uh, a top defense, they they were always they were still able to put up their thirty plus. So I, I'm just thinking, like, what what's changed? Nothing. Yeah, like, no. You know, w- w- one of the it, now granted, that's one of the bad things you can say about the Bills. What's changed? Nothing. But in this case, it's one of the good things you can say about the Bills. Um, well, they got rid of John Brown and they got Emmanuel Sanders. That's that's a change. It's it's negligible, but it's a change. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. They also that defensive line is going to be a little bit better with Greg Rousseau in the second half of the season. But you know, right. we're, we're we're talking week one right now, and and the truth is, this Buffalo Bills team at home to lead off the season. Um, I, I don't see why they shouldn't have any problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I still yeah. have questions. I think the Buffalo defensive line is going to be better than it was last year. I still have a lot of questions about that Pittsburgh offensive line. Uh, Najee Harris did start slow in the preseason. And though I think that Najee Harris is going to get that workload, I don't think he's going to explode onto the scene like uh, like a Saquon Barkley or a Christian McCaffrey did. So I, I, I and I'm, this isn't me insulting Najee. This is just me saying that, uh, Number one, I think he's a really good running back, just not a uh, just not a superstar his first season. And number two, I think that the Bills are just going to score enough points early to where Najee's taken out of the equation early. See, that's one thing I will disagree with you on, John. Um, I and not 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 that I don't think the Bills are going to score enough early. That's not that's not the point I'm going to disagree with you on. The point I'm going to disagree with you on is that they're going to phase out Najee Harris. I think that they're going to use that kid like he's old school, good old fashioned Le'Veon Bell, and then they're going to, and they're going to use him for everything, passing oh. downs, rushing downs, everything. I think they're going. To, I, I think if anything, if he's having a good game, I think they're going to get him more involved, which would be great. I would actually love to watch that. With that said. That's not how you're going to come back versus the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, well, you got to keep Josh Allen off the field. You know, that's how you beat Buffalo. The same way you, the same way you beat Patrick Mahomes. How do you beat Patrick Mahomes? You don't let him play. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's how or you, you, beat or you make him play with uh, with no offensive line and, uh, and 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 multiple injuries. <laughs> yeah, also that. <laughs> So, but yeah, man, you know, it's going to, it's going to be, you know what? I'm actually looking forward to that game. It should be, in my opinion, one of the better ones to watch because I like big Ben coming back. How looking healthy. I like the, the wide receiver core there for the Steelers. 
Um, I like. I want to see what Lon, Najee Harris is going to do. Okay, so let, let's talk Steelers wide receivers really quick. Uh, yeah, which one of the wide receivers do you like the most this game? Uh, I'm guessing that Deontay Johnson is getting uh, is getting Tre'Davious White. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm liking Chase Claypool. Or, or are you liking the possession with uh, Juju more because Juju is going to be in the slot? Uh, Chase Claypool. Okay. <laughs> I so don't know. Even, even with Juju, I just can't. I don't know why. Okay, even with Poyer back there to to to, to aid on the deep ball, which is you know Claypool's bread and butter, and yeah. uh, and a and a good uh, cornerback and like Taron Johnson on him. Wait, no, Taron Johnson might be the slot corner. Okay, he, so he might be on Juju. What? Yeah, he might be on Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, I, 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 if I'm correct, that's actually true. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess the picture I'm trying to paint, when, 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 I, when I look at this game, yes, okay, I do think that Najee Harris will, will see a little bit of workload, especially after you've seen it. I do think that Big Ben will, will be able to hit guys like, uh, like um, uh, uh, Braun and Harris all day long. So I would actually think that this isn't uh, – um, Oh no, because they have two safeties that can man up. So, I, I yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't be shocked if Najee Harris had a huge game. I wouldn't be shocked if Big Ben had a decent game. But the way that that Buffalo secondary matches up with those Pittsburgh wide receivers is actually really good. So yeah. if I was playing, uh, if if I'm in a league that has IDP, I'm thinking that I I like what uh, you know what Jordan Poyer is going to do this week. I like what Taron Johnson and Tredavious White are going to do this week. So yep. um, the only question is, have the Bills upgraded that line enough to give them uh, the, to, to give them a pass rush to force the play sooner? Or is the Steelers' offensive line bad enough? So really, this is going to be – this is going to be – this game is going to be won and lost on the Pittsburgh offensive line versus the Buffalo Bills' defensive line. One unit that everyone's going to say is bad, and one unit that was very disappointing last year. So, either unit has the right, uh, now has the opportunity to prove everyone wrong. So, yeah. if the Steelers win this game, it's going to be because that line showed up, and it's not as bad as we've been talking about. And then on the other side of the ball, it's uh, yeah, TJ. It's worth noting TJ Watt got his big contract. He's the highest paid uh, defensive player in the NFL now. Uh, good for him. Uh, yeah, good. He's, for him, man. He, he's easily the second best uh, defensive player in the NFL, uh, behind you know the man, the myth, eleven legend Aaron Donald. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, he will have a factor because he always does, you know. But at the end of the day. Josh Allen proved uh, Jeff, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and company proved to be matchup proof last year. I don't see any reason why that shouldn't continue this year. Yeah. Any final thoughts or any final questions on that match? Uh, no, I think you pretty much said it all. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting for that game. It's going to be awesome. You know, and on a personal note, I have uh, several shares of uh, Josh Allen across different leagues. So uh, uh, let's go Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, let's see. I have uh, I have a few shares of TJ Watt. So um, so versus a mobile Josh Allen, I, I'm hoping for a sack, but uh, I'm tempering my expectations. Uh, like 
you're not going to put TJ Watt on the bench. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not expecting this to be a, a huge game for him where he wins me the game. Yeah. It's not like he's playing like Zach Wilson or something, you know? And, you know, and as for Juju, uh, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Juju's sitting on my bench this week. So, uh, yeah, I think you absolutely have to. Um, you know, until Juju Smith uh, until Juju Smith Schuster starts showing you something, I think you got to bench him. And for the, you know, I didn't draft him. For the price that I got him in the trade, it was a trade that I, I don't think I could refuse. So I, I got him at good value in a trade. And it's kind of like he adds depth to my bench. He gives me a, a rotational play for my final uh, for my final flex spot with uh, DJ Chark and Tyler Boyd, and and that's that's where I'm comfortable with uh, with Juju Smith Schuster. So, <laughs> I still wouldn't trade for him. <laughs> the centerpiece of that trade, from from my standpoint, was Nick Witkowski. Yeah, would you still not trade for him? I mean, do I have to take Juju? Is that like... Would that you like prefer Juju or would you prefer Nick Kwiatkowski? I mean, I'm just saying, is, is the trade like, am I the Detroit Lions and I, I, I have to take Jared Goff? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it was it, it was a very lackluster trade overall. So it's... I'm not. I'm not trying to paint it like. But to be fair, we were we were just trading problems at the point in time that we did it. So I don't yeah. view it as like, you know, we we were both more comfortable comfortable with the other person's problems. So we made yeah. a trade. Yep. Yeah. No, I get it. So yeah. okay. Too much All time right. on that game, though. Let's 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 go for quicker analysis in the next one. Um, okay. But the next one has better storylines because. The next one is all about the storylines. It's the New York Jets with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. The Jets Jets head to Sam Darnold's new home, and he's looking at them with a chip on his shoulder. Um, Mm -hmm. Robbie Anderson's there, who probably has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder at the same point in time, because let's be honest, it's not the same front offense, it's not the same coach, but it's the same uniform that wasted the first three years of their careers. So... I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying you should uh, <laughs> you should bet on Robbie Anderson scoring a touchdown. But if I was picking any player that I think is going to score a touchdown, multiple touchdowns this week, it's probably Robbie Anderson. Um, it's this game has revenge has revenge feel all over it. This uh, just like Tom Brady said, welcome to the NFL to Micah Parsons tonight. I just kind of get a feeling Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns are going to say welcome to the NFL to Zach Wilson on Sunday. Uh, and if they don't, Derek Brown in the center will. Uh, I, I know that I, I am looking forward to seeing the, the fire from Robert Sally. I actually think that Jets' run rushing attack is going to be better than most people think it's going to be, but not enough to – it's still going to be rotational, so it's not enough to – you know, to feature any one back in particular in that comment. Um, I think that Jets secondary is weak. Yeah. So unless the line with Shaq Lawson and Keenan Williams uh, uh, and the other defensive tackle whose name I am not going to butcher, but he got named one of the Jets team camp uh, captains. I think his first name is Fusa. Um 
um, if they can't put pressure on Darnold to where Darnold is to where Darnold is having a hard time pass, then that receiving core will have a field day with that jet secondary. So yep. not to honestly uh, Christian McCaffrey exists. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey exists. Um but oddly enough, that Jets defense should be really good against the run. And I, I'm not calling them for a shutdown of Christian McCaffrey. I'm just saying that if you're playing fantasy, I don't think uh, Christian McCaffrey's getting a 40-point fantasy game versus the Jets. Um, so you want to sit and talk about people, uh, about guys playing with a chip on their shoulder. You know, Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold, I get why not Christian McCaffrey have a chip on the shoulder? He knows he's the best running back in the league. He knows that he carries that team single-handedly and the Panthers are actually getting better and better. Not that they're elite, but they're getting better and better. Uh, coming off that injury, you don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to go out there and want to drop like six touchdowns on the New York jets week one with a rookie. Well, well, okay. Why, why would, uh, First things first, six touchdowns is something that Alvin Kamara did last year, and he broke the NFL record when he did it. All right, so I'm exaggerating with six touchdowns, but you don't think, like, come on, man. Like, I you think when you're realistically looking at I think when you're realistically looking at, at the pieces that make up the Jets' defensive front seven, and when you're realistically looking at the pieces that go into the Carolina running game, I don't uh, and this isn't a Jets fan talking. This is this is someone who pays attention to defensive front seven. I don't think this game will be in the upper half of the games that Christian McCaffrey has this season. Do I think um, he'll go? Do I think he'll go over a hundred and uh, and and fifty all purpose? Yes. Do I think that uh, that number is closer to one seventy, one eighty potentially? But I don't think that, uh, you know, I I have a very hard – what was that? Could, well, in fairness, if, if you think he could potentially get 180 all-purpose yards in this game, how do you not pick this game to be one of his top games for the season? 180 all-purpose yards in one game, that's a monster game. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I misspoke there. I, I, I guess what I'm just saying is this Jets run defense is better than some people are giving credit for. I, do do I think that Carolina could very well go out there and blow out the New York Jets? Yes, I think that's possible. But I also think that this is one of those games that has a potential. This game isn't so far out of reach that there isn't the potential upset if things line up correctly. Oh no, I, I just don't think that Christian McCaffrey will be the only reason the Jets lose if the, uh, if slash one the Jets lose. Yeah. Oh, no, listen, I agree with you on that one. I'm not sitting here saying that the Carolina Panthers are like some otherworldly team and the Jets, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that in any way, shape or form. You know, I just think I just think from a personal standpoint, and it's not that the Jets secondary is so terrible or the Jets, uh, you know, front line uh, defense is so bad or anything like that. It's not me knocking the Jets at all. It's just me going, OK, here's a fully Christian, a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Week one against the New York Jets with what you said yourself is a questionable secondary, and he's pissed off uh, about last season, and he's going to have a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. 
this is a perfect potential statement game for that. But when man. does that work with running backs? Because he's clearly going to be taken off Russ in the first quarter. I don't know, man. Christian McCaffrey's really just that good. You know, I really don't know. Like you said, you said yourself, I think 180 rushed uh, all purpose yards is, is, I think that's high, you know, but like, it could happen. You know, 150 all purpose yards, you know, two touchdowns minimum, you know, at least one receiving. This is where I, this is where I disagree. Two touchdown minimum is not, I I don't think two touchdown minimum, two touchdowns uh, uh, possible. Two touchdown minimum. I I think that you're just overhyping the player. Oh, I think it's a good cool. run defense. It's a defense that I believe is uh run defense that I believe is actually going to be really good this season. Yeah, so that means he'll get two receiving touchdowns. Okay, I mean, before <laughs> we were talking on the ground. Okay, are you telling me that Christian McCaffrey is going to kill them through the air? I I, I can't. I, I, I can't tell you that that's not going to happen other than, um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the whole thing with Christian McCaffrey. He's such a versatile player. You know, I'm he not can armed do with the stats of C.J. Mosley defense, uh, defensive fronts versus running backs right now, but yeah. I feel very confident if you look back at C.J. Mosley front sevens versus opposing running backs, you're going to see that that those teams have a have a history of shutting down elite running backs. I'm not calling for the Jets to shut down Christian McCaffrey. I'm just saying that it's not going to be in the better half of his games he has this season. All right. So what do you call? What, what if you had to pick? What would you call? Like like McCaffrey, like yards, receptions, so on and so forth. What would you, what would you estimate if you had to take a guess? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think like, and, and I get it after I just defend, uh, after I just defended saying 150 all purpose still sounds like I'm, I'm being contrary to myself, but I, is, isn't that just kind of average for him? I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, how, you know, did he have, what, what were his career, some of his career best games? Like, was he putting up like, 200 plus uh, yards all purpose in the games? Or... I don't know. Let's look. Here, meanwhile, while I'm looking this up, uh, take some time to talk a little more about the other parts of this game. Okay. Um, offensively, from the New York Jets perspective, I'm interested in this game because I can't wait to see Zach Wilson get on the field. I am, I'm interested to see. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of interesting storylines here. Even we talked about the Carolina side, but even on the Jets side, Robert Sala, his first game coaching um, as a head coach in the NFL. He's a defensive minded coach. I can't wait to see how, how and what he does with the offense here. Zach Wilson, you know, we got brand new blood here in the New York Jets. The Sam Donald era clearly is over, you know, and Zach Wilson's going to want to have something to prove too. on Robert Sala. Even though they weren't there with Sam, with Sam Donald was there, you know they're the new ones coming in, and Sam Donald like he had to go from the team for them. So I think there's going to be a lot to prove, and I kind of want to see. I want to. I kind of want to see if, if and what the New York Jets do with their backfield too. You know, um, there's a lot of hype for this kid Michael Carter, but then you still got um, uh, people like Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson there. 
Yeah, don't you, know. you get a feeling that that running game is going to be by committee like San Francisco is? It could be. It could be. I just wonder if anybody's actually going to emerge as a, as a lead back there or not. And that and week one is yes, it's week one, but week one's going to be starting to be a little telling about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So I did a quick glance at games from Christian McCaffrey last season. Hundred fifty yeah. all-purpose yards a game is definitely grossly exaggerating on my part. Uh, it, as a matter of fact, so grossly exaggerating that it proves that I that that I I don't know Christian McCaffrey as well as uh, as well as I should. Uh, and I'll definitely admit that because, you know, most of the time I just he's so amazing that you, you, you like to think of him in hyperbole. Uh, yeah. It looks like his, uh, his uh, it looks like his his average is, is about 120 to 130. And yeah, yeah I, I think that that is a very realistic number for the jet, uh, for the Jets to give up. I, I think I think this Jets defense falls in the category of giving Christian McCaffrey his average, which is still freakishly amazing. Yes, but not allowing him to dominate the game by himself. And I guess that's what I was trying to say the whole time, and I wasted te- uh, 10 minutes beating around the bush on. <laughs> no worries. That's what um, we do, bro. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, for the Jets, that, so, it, you know, the, 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 the key the, the key to win for the Jets is to stop Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I don't even think it's that. I think it's to make Sam Donald see ghosts. <laughs> yeah, closer. It, it, it is to put enough pressure on Darnold to where he looks uh, to where Zach to where Zach Wilson is the better quarterback. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think whichever quarterback plays better. Their team's going to win the game, and you might be saying that's a little bit of a cop out because that uh, it's kind of like, well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Dak Prescott played better than Tom Brady tonight, and his team didn't win the uh, didn't win the game. And you know, flip side of the coin, um, tonight's game, if you said going into it, the better quarterback was going to win the game, um, I'm not sure. I think people would have pointed out that there's a good chance that Dak has a better stat line anyway. So I don't think that's always the case with everything. I think it is the case here. Uh, so really, it's it's twofold. It's the defensive lines versus uh, versus the QBs. So the one thing I would like to add with this game is I actually no offense, John. You know I love you. I actually do disagree with you. I don't necessarily think the the, the best quarterback of the night is going to win the game. Um, I think Zach Wilson is going to surprise us. I think Zach Wilson is actually going to come out and he's going to look pretty good. I just don't think he's going to be good enough to overcome Christian McCaffrey. We've seen, I, I think Sam Darnold is, a, is not a great quarterback. And this is the only reason why I disagree. Sam Darnold has no middle. He's either flashes of brilliance or really bad. Yeah, but McCaffrey has done it with far worse quarterbacks. Far worse quarterbacks. He did if it. Darnold this- turns over the ball three times. Which is very, which is very possible. They're not winning the game. I, I guess if he turns over the ball three times, it's hard to, to say that they can win the game. Then again, Tom Brady turned, uh, turned technically turned over the ball. Uh, he had two interceptions tonight, and they won the game. So you never know. 
I, I get that, but there's also there were also some miraculous plays made by the defense. There was also a very poor kicking game. Yeah, uh, on the uh, opposite side. And, yeah. Know, well, but that's the joy of football, though. Any given Sunday, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and and also let's not one of the harp on this. There was also an offensive pass interference that wasn't called on the final drive. Oh my God, there really was. You saw that too, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that was uh, that was Godwin, right? Pushing off. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I saw so, that too. <laughs> I, 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 and I didn't want to beat a dead horse because I still thought that there was a chance they'd come back from that anyway. Yeah. But yeah, no, I caught that little tidbit too. <laughs> but you know, we're we're nitpicking a point at this point, and I figured I'd throw that out there. But yeah. moving right along, we're, we're, we're spending a little too much time on these games individually. and uh, But you know what? Let's try to just be concise with what we're saying. Because I think right. I, I, I beat around the bush on, on the last two. I'm not going to beat around the bush on this one. Jacksonville okay. Jaguars at the Houston Texans. And um, uh, could it be any bigger of a right down the middle of the plate softball for Trevor Lawrence in his first start? Um, I'm going to summarize this game in one word, dumpster fire, your turn. (laughs) I feel like the league made it super easy for Trevor Lawrence to be able to perform in his first game. Um, yeah, man. I mean, the only thing I can say is I'm excited to see what Trevor Lawrence is going to look like and. Like, but the, we're we're not going to know what Trevor Lawrence is going to look like by the end of this game because that team is because that defense is bad. That defense is bad. That offense is bad. That quarterback is bad. You know, let's be honest. The Houston Texans haven't looked so bad since Bill O'Brien was there. But I'm um, And there's <laughs> to be fair though, the Jaguars isn't anything amazing. To be fair, so so it's one of those things where. You could see a uh, a running back by committee uh, be able to control some of the clock. But I just kind of feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to could very realistically put up 30 points in his first outing. And the Houston rushing attack is going to be in vain. Uh, I also I also don't know what the dynamic of having a, a Tyrod Taylor and a David Johnson together is because I know that the uh, I don't know. It's it seems like Taylor neutralizes pass catching running backs. Um, yeah. If you're telling me that Brandon Cooks is going to have a huge game, then you know the 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 way Houston could win this game. Oh, I can't wait to hear this one. <laughs> is Tyrod Taylor? to Brandon Cooks is a very legit connection. And Trevor Lawrence struggles in his first real action. I think the only way that the Houston Texans can win this game uh, is if the Jacksonville Jaguars... Where's the game? Is it in Houston or is it... uh... in Houston. Okay, perfect. Good. All right, so the only way the Jacksonville Jaguars lose this game is if they don't board the plane to Houston. <laughs> okay, but but we're we're seriously trying to 
we're seriously trying to p- paint a win scenario for both sides. So, so what right, does right. so what does win scenario look like to you? All right. So, in fairness, uh, let's say. All right. Um, the one thing I will say about Tyrod Taylor, when he his last action, his last game action, he looked pretty good when he was a Cleveland Brown before Baker Mayfield stepped in. Um, and you got to give the kid credit because that kid plays with his whole heart, man. Like yeah. he goes out there and like he will sacrifice life and limb, you know, for that extra yard every single time. And he, he does have one legitimate receiving weapon. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, who who else does he even have over there to throw to, though? Uh, he has the receivers after Brandon Cooks are slightly more journeyman than they are awful. I don't know off the top of my head, but it's not. They're guys who, if you leave wide open, they'll burn you. Um, and the Jacksonville secondary, yes, it does have C.J. Henderson. But honestly, that that Jaguars defense is still rebuilding at this point. And, you know, when you look over at the Texans defense, they have enough pros like Desmond Kings and Justin and Justin Reed and Christian Kirksey to be able to. Oh, wait, no. Or Jadavion. Nope, nope, not him either. No, I'm just saying they have enough pros to be able to force Trevor Lawrence into some bad plays. So I, I think that the. You know, if we're really if we're really looking, you know, for for a way to get the, the Texans a win, I think that um, they have to turn over Trevor Lawrence multiple times, and Tyrod Taylor to Brandon Cooks needs to become established firmly in game number one. Now, flip side of the coin for the Jaguars from this game, uh, Trevor Lawrence just needs to live up to the hype. That in itself is. Can, that can be daunting in a, in and of itself, you know, to come out here to come out and just have that type of like like pressure on you right off the bat, you know. Like sometimes it's easier to not have that much of of, of the pressure and go. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying that if Trevor Lawrence goes out and throws for 350 and three touchdowns in this first game, there's no way the Jaguars are losing. Oh yeah, no, hands down. And between LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark, and Marvin Jones, he has the weapons to be able to do it. And let's not forget James Robinson. You know, the truth is James Robinson's good enough to where even if Trevor Lawrence isn't uh, the hype, James Robinson can take this game over. Yeah, he really can, though. <laughs> like, so. you know, there are so many different ways to paint Jacksonville getting uh, Trevor Lawrence's first win here. Um, I, I just hope that it's a slightly better. I just hope this Houston team is slightly better than what we've been saying it is. Here's a here's an interesting uh, uh, one for you. Jacksonville wide receivers start set. Who do who do you like? I think that Trevor Lawrence has shown a little bit of connection, like uh, like tomorrow Jones. His safety net receiver is Marvin Jones. This doesn't mean that later on this season that uh, he won't, as he opens up, that he won't, uh, that it won't turn into LaVisca Chenault or DJ Chark. 
But I, I, I do believe that in these earlier games, we're going to see uh, heavier dosages of Marvin Jones. Yeah. Indeed, sir. Because he makes, he makes the rookie quarterback comfortable. Yeah. And I also, you know, here, let's, uh, let's just put this one out there. I'm going to say that James Robinson has a better week than Christian McCaffrey. Oh, listen, I know Houston is, I know Houston is Houston, but come on. You're going to, you're going to really sit there and say that James Robinson is going to do better than Christian McCaffrey. Oh yeah. Let's, let's say he has more rushing yards than Christian McCaffrey. Um, see, I think that James Robinson crazy. is posed for a big week. Oh, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just, and, you know. And to make the rookie quarterback comfortable, they're going to have a lot of him sprinkled in. Yeah. Okay. So moving right along. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals at the Tennessee Titans. This will be fun. All right. I love this Arizona team. I absolutely love this Arizona team. When I look up and down the roster, I see a great mix on both offense and defense of rising star and season better. Yep. I actually think this Cardinals team has potential to be special. But until there are three or four weeks of film on the Tennessee Titans big three, that offense is literally going to be unstoppable. Yeah. So... If this matchup happened week five or week six, I would be pointing out the different ways that the Cardinals could win this game and feel good about them. But the, the, the only factor of this game to me, unless you tell me that one of the big three or Ryan Tannehill is going to go out in the first quarter, because then everything changes. But we're, we're not predicting that. We're not talking about stuff like that. Yeah, we don't predict injuries. Injuries will find you. Uh, unless we, once we get to the Baltimore Ravens, we might start talking predicting injuries. Um, well, I mean, is there anybody left standing over there? I mean, <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll get to the Ravens when we get to them. But like, yeah. I, I don't think there's any defensive coordinator that could say with confidence, with, with, with without just without bluffing, that they know what to do against that offense. Yeah. Do I think there's a chance some will figure it out? I think there's a chance some will figure it out, but won't have the personnel. I think there's a chance that other teams have the personnel, but won't figure it out. I also think there's a, there are some teams that have the personnel and will figure it out, and the Titans will be extremely vulnerable to those teams which is why I don't see Tennessee just running away with everything this year. With that said, it's you might as well pencil the Titans in for 3-0 or 4-0 at this point in time. Yeah. Because you're going to have to figure out how to double Julio, man, man your best cornerback on A.J. Brown and hope it works, or vice versa with those two, and still eight-man box Derrick Henry. And not have Anthony Berkser and, and whoever the fifth weapon is on that offense just kill you. Um, 
So the only way to beat the Titans is to keep pace and have a final possession. The Cardinals are not the Chiefs. The Cardinals are not the Cowboys. Yeah. Offense, uh, clarifying the offense. So, yeah, I got gotcha. you. So the path for the Cardinals to win this game is a three-touchdown game from DeAndre Hopkins, 150 yards on the ground, and maybe like five touchdown passes total from Kyler Murray. So yeah, like five touchdown passes from Kyler Murray and 150 yards on the ground might be enough to keep up with what this Titans offense is going to do. Thoughts? Do you think Evans has that in him, though? What? You think Chase Edmonds has, what did you say, 100 and 100 150 or yards between Chase Edmonds and James Conner. They have to control the clock. They have to keep that Titans offense off the field. They need to be the team that scores at the end of the half. They need to be the team that scores at the end of the game. I agree with you. I just, do you think you really, I don't know, do you, do you, are we going to get 150 yards rushing out of James Conner and Chase Edmonds? I just don't know. Well, I, I don't believe in the path to victory. I'm just giving a path to victory. Oh, I got you now. All right. My bad. Do, do you see anything else? Do you, do you see how this Titans team is going to be beaten? Do you see how this a Titans offense is going to be stopped from scoring on more than two or three of their series? All right. So I'm actually going to ask you a question here. Because okay. I actually don't know the I don't I know you are significantly more defensive minded than I am. How good is that Titans defense? Uh, not Titans defense. I'm sorry. How good is that Arizona defense? Because we have seen that defenses can very unlikely, but can stuff Derrick Henry for an entire game. The Browns did it last season. You know. Um, so, so if you can, um, I thought it was the Browns one game, and then the second game. Oh no, there was Ravens, Ravens did it in the playoffs. Browns did it in the regular season. Okay, yeah, that's what I meant. In the regular season, the Browns did it, and they shut down Derrick Henry. So, if you can shut down Derrick Henry, now I'm not saying that they don't still have, obviously, because they do, you know. Uh, Julio Jones and uh, AJ Brown, but AJ Brown coming back from a little bit of a of an injury here, he he should be fine. He's all call systems go supposedly, yeah. you know. But you have that concern, and if you can shut down Derrick Henry, how effective is a who is an aging Julio Jones on his own with Ryan Tannehill with a gimped up potentially AJ Brown and a shut down Derrick Henry? Here's the so, problem: a gimped up AJ Brown. Defense? is still going to have to have at least a good coverage specialist on him. And I'll get, I'll get back to that with the Cardinals defense in a moment. A bottled up Derrick Henry is going to be, is going to happen with deceptive looks on, uh, on the defensive front, which is going to come back to the defensive uh, coordinator and uh, the defensive captain, uh, you know, the play caller on the field. Yep. And it's still going to require eight man boxes. Adding Julio to the equation does change things a lot. 
Yeah. I don't know what that looks like, though, because I'm not that level of genius. Uh, you know, everyone's predicting the Titans offense to do big things. But are we talking, uh, like, what, what, what do we mean when we're saying big things is, is what I'm saying. Like, and I, yeah. I don't think anyone can give you a straight answer until we actually see some film. So getting back to the Cardinals defense, the person with the green dot on their helmet is a second-year player. The defensive coordinate, that team is known for offensive uh, trickery. Um, maybe Kingsbury can give some deceptive defensive looks, but I'm not sure that I'm not sure that uh, that I've seen that from Kingsbury yet. Doesn't mean that we we won't see it. The saying, I don't think I have seen it yet. Yeah. So really, we're just so the formula at this point. We're hoping that J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones don't look old. That they've rewound, uh, you know, that they've rewound the clock like Rob Gronkowski. So if they can turn back time. And they've gone back five years ago and they wreak havoc on Tannehill while banging up Henry a little. Then there's a shot. With that said, Malcolm Butler just retired. This team, after the preseason, everything is over, had to deal with the fact that they're now that they're now a cornerback down, a starting cornerback down, when they were already looking for cornerback depth before that. This team is not set up to take on AJ Brown and Julio Jones. I will give you with uh, unless we unless we have vintage uh, vintage Chandler Jones and really good JJ Watt making it to where Tannehill never gets the ball out, and because of how good Tannehill is with play action, in order to force Tannehill into situations where he can be plagued by Watt and Jones, you either have to bottle up Henry. Or you have to get the Titans down by multiple scores really early. So, yeah, that's the way that the Cardinals could do it. They need to multiple scores out of the gate. Like, well, I'm, we're, we're talking quick touchdown. Maybe there's a turnover on special teams that leads to another quick touchdown. Maybe there's a box snap. Maybe there's maybe, – maybe there's just – Maybe Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill tries to force it to AJ Brown. He's not feeling well. Bounces off his hands. Interception. We need a turn. We need the Cardinals to get the ball. Score first. Titans turnover in some way. Cardinals score again. But even then, that doesn't take Derrick Henry out of the equation. So somehow they're going to have to get a defensive stop, which a resurrected Watt or, or Chandler Jones could do that, and put up and go up 17-0. And that's how Henry's taken out of the equation. Yeah, man. Like, but th this all feels very oddly specific. And like, honestly, you're playing devil's advocate for uh, for 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 um, the Arizona D versus Derrick Henry. 
when there's less of a reason to do that, the, uh, uh, with the Jets uh, D versus Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, just like like you were saying, you wanted to try to give a path to victory for, for yeah. the Cardinals. You know, that's where I was going with that. You know, if you shut down Derrick Henry and so on and so forth, that's all. And, you know, it's, path to victory is simple for the Titans. Big <clears throat> three live up to their reputation. Yeah. Yeah, path to victory for the Titans. You ready? Here's the game plan, guys. Don't screw it up. All right, moving right along. Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles at Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I mean, it's a game. Well, I mean, we get to see Kyle Pitts. All we right. We get to see Jalen Hurts here, too. We, we get to see Calvin Ridley. We're, we're going to see touchdowns scored this game. We're going to see a lot of touchdowns scored this game. Um, we might see touchdowns scored where somebody does nothing to score the touchdown, but the other defense just wants them to have a touchdown. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, all, all joking aside, I know I've been very harsh on the Falcons' defense. They still have uh, Deion Jones. They still have AJ Terrell, Grady Jarrett, Foyasada Luakun. Like, it's not, they're not going to give away touchdowns for free. Though, you know, to be fair, it's. To be fair. There's going to be points scored against them. Like, it's, I think that the Eagles, with the style that that they present, um, actually plays well into the way the Falcons defend. Like Deion Jones is a pretty good coverage. Uh, it, it's actually a very good coverage linebacker, and he'll be going up against you know running backs and tight ends mostly. And the strength of that offense is running backs and tight ends. Yeah. Uh, so th- we this the Falcons could surprisingly do a little bit better than you know uh, the Falcons have one big corner, the, the Eagles have one big wide receiver, and he's a rookie, so you know. When, when, when you're going through everything, it's kind of like this Falcons D actually matches up pretty well with this Philly offense, minus the wild card of, of Jalen Hurts. So in the last couple of weeks, I've kind of been feeling that this Eagles offense is starting to look similar to the way the Ravens offense of two years ago looked going into the season. Um. I, you know, I, I'm not willing to crown that yet. When I when I gave my uh, when I gave my official predictions uh, in my World in Sport article. Oh, by the way, thank you, World in Sport, for allowing me to write for you. Uh, I I put the Eagles at seven and ten, which is which is much higher than I originally had them, and I think they're going to be competitive this year. Really, the path to the Eagles' victory is going to be. Twofold. Number one, how well Jalen Hurts can manage the offense and exploit what needs to be exploited in order to score. Okay. On the second side, how well that linebacker duo of Alex Singleton and Eric Wilson 
can turn big plays into scoring drives. You know, how, how much can they, how much can their leadership on that defense and, and, and their attack, their open field uh, tackling ability, can, can they force the Falcons to go seven or eight plays as opposed to three or four for the score? Yeah. So, no. because I think that you can catch uh, unproven, like I, I don't mean to call Mike Davis an unproven, but you know he he's he's been a, he's been a backup throughout his career, so mm-hmm. a good backup, but you know, yeah, solid. Once you extend those drives, you're leaving room for turnovers because the Eagles have a really good front four. They have a really good set of linebackers backing them up and a suspect secondary. You can get turnovers with that if you force the team to play longer. So the Eagles' path ability, uh, to ability comes down to Jalen Hurts' vision and leadership and if they can force the Falcons to take more plays on offense. Uh, flip side of the point, Falcons' path to victory would be to, number one, it's that defense that matches up well against the offense. Limit, so limit where Jalen Hurts has to go to. And free Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Free Ridley, free Pitts, free Ridley, free right? Pitts. Like you know, it's score the big play. Don't don't give that defense a, a chance to uh, uh, to equalize things with a couple of turnovers. No. Uh, any any thoughts off of that? Uh to be honest with you, no, not really. Um, it's. You know, it's going to be one of those – it's just going to be another one of those games, you know what I mean? It could be a good game, though. This game this game could be much better than it looks right now. It could be. It could it also, could also be, be a really bad game where one of these I mean, yeah. teams runs away 42 to 10. Or it could be a really bad game where they just keep, like, punting. You know, it could be a punt, a punt machine. You know, that would be – a punt machine team would team. be really surprising for this game for me. <clears throat> it could happen. Jalen Hurts started as uh, uh, as the anointed uh, quarterback. You know he hasn't actually been on the field once with Devonta uh, Devonta Smith yet. Jalen Rager doesn't look that good, and Miles Sanders, running back wise for the Eagles, you don't know what to expect out of him. Vice versa, Matt Ryan's got Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, yes, but there's no Julio to take focus off them anymore. And oh, the no, Eagles, but, okay, hold on one second. Calvin Ridley performed better without Julio last year than with Julio on the field. Did he really? Yeah. Kyle Pitts slates into that offense. Russell okay, Cage is still there. Hurst is still there. Like, the truth is, you've just replaced Julio with Pitts. Hmm. And Ridley was better without Julio. And huh? honestly, Mike Davis is going to be better than Todd Gurley was last year. I mean, that's not hard to do. <laughs> so I'm just pointing out this offense is improved. I'm a Todd Gurley fan, and I, 
That's not hard to do. All right. Moving right along. Los Angeles Chargers at what at the Washington football team. This, this is gonna be good. This Austin Eckler news bothers me. It really does. He was a DNP, doesn't he? No practice again yesterday. Yeah, the last few days it's so uh, hopefully there's some clarity before this. And the fact that it's the same hamstring that he missed time with last year. Yep, Davey no likey. Davey have many share Austin Eckley, no likey injury. Yeah, uh it's you know why you know why it sucks for, for those of us that love fantasy football? Austin Eckler loves fantasy football. Yep. He put out that tweet saying, anybody who has me on the roster and uh, who, who I help win that week, you get, uh, uh, I think weekly he's giving away a jersey uh, for people who won with him in their lineup. Is he really? That's awesome. I didn't yeah. even know. Like, he is an absolute class act. Like, he is so good for fantasy football. He tells people to draft him. Like, he... He wants people to draft him. He wants people. Uh, he, he wants to be involved in people's fantasy football teams, and and you know, and you know the truth is, I we we did our that offensive show together. I I believe that Austin Eckler has a one hundred reception upside with a full season with Justin Herbert. Yeah, me too. So there's a reason why I put him number three on that list. I I could very uh, you know. The great thing is, if you actually if he actually plays a full seventeen games with the amount of receptions that he averages a game, I think that his uh, I think that puts him somewhere in between a uh, hundred and five and a hundred and eight receptions at the end of the season. Now I get it; it doesn't always scale, but at the same time, it's there is reason to there is reason to believe that he could that that he's a not a valuable and essential part of that Chargers offense. Yeah. So absolutely. So if I was, you know, if if I was betting at all on this week's games, I'm avoiding this game like a play. <laughs> because you know what? We're not gonna know until Sunday morning if Austin Eckler's gonna play. Yep. Or, not to mention the fact that you got two stellar defenses. Yeah. And we're also not going to know how much he can play, even if he is playing. Yep. Like he, he could start, he could start and be limited to ten, uh, to ten touches. So, so off it after a moment. So, so I'm not going to give a path to victory, um, because I don't know what the Austin Eckler scenario is, and I'm not going to take enough time to break down. This is the path to victory with Eckler. This is the path to victory without Eckler. Yeah, I will highlight a few things. Rashawn Slater versus Chase Young. Rashawn Slater dominated Chase Young in college. Okay. Anyone who is saying that Chase Young is just going to overtake this game is really just too, is really just, you know, drinking the Chase Young Kool-Aid just a little too hard. Like, they are drunk on the Chase Young Kool-Aid. Because this Charger, what the, this Chargers team did with their line this season with Slater and Corey Lindsley actually 
and with you know uh, Herbert in his second year now, if Eckler is there, this could be uh, this could be a longer day for the Washington defense. You know how I pointed out that the way to beat the Washington defense is to get the big play over them. Yeah. This Los Angeles Chargers offense has that potential if uh, potential if Eckler's on the field. Yep. Because you could very well see Chase Young looking human this game. And again, uh, I need to clarify this, you know, same thing as Christian McCaffrey looking human, Derrick Henry looking human. Well, no, Derrick Henry is the guy who needs to be either needs to be off or he's good or he's going to blow you up. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that uh, he's, he's going to stop Chase Young completely, but and I'm not even saying Chase Young's not going to get a sack. I'm just saying that Chase Young will not be the reason why Justin Herbert cost uh, the Los Angeles Chargers the game. Yeah. So there, there's a way to temper the impact, and uh, and I think this team could do it. So, and a lot of it comes down to that offensive line versus that defensive line. And more importantly, a lot of it comes down to whether Eckler plays or not, because I, I could try to get creative and come up with a way that, this, that the Los Angeles Chargers win without Austin, Austin Eckler. I mean, you don't have to get that creative. Justin Herbert is pretty darn good, and, you know, you let Keenan Allen eat. Yes, but he, here's the big problem. This problem didn't arise until at, uh, until – Yesterday, mm-hmm. Austin Eckler was a full go until yesterday. So they have four days left to switch up what they were going to do. Because, you know, before I said he's an essential part of this offense, this offense was, was, was designed, whatever they're doing this year with the new head coach, was designed to, ro- to revolve around both, uh, to, to, uh, to utilize both Eckler, Allen, and other weapons for Justin Herbert. Taking Eckler out of the taking a player as good as Eckler out of the equation makes it that much harder to execute what they play. What they play. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so Eckler really is a big thing for this game, uh, and if he's present and he's actually a full go, then I believe that this Chargers offensive line can actually slow down the Washington defensive line enough where Herbert can have a monster day. Uh, flip side of the coin. Um, flip side of the coin. Does Ryan Fitzpatrick, is he Ryan Fitz, Fitznotrick or Ryan Fitzmagic? Huh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, it's um, versus that Brandon Staley defense that we've seen featured with the Rams the last few years. Uh, and, you know, be, before before someone points out, well, they still, have, you know, the Rams have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Well, okay. The, the Chargers have Joey Bosa and Derwin James. Like, yep. we, we could play the name-dropping game all day. Like what, Neither of which they had for the majority of the season last year. Yeah, so I, I – I, this Chargers defense is quietly one of my favorite defenses in this league. Uh, almost a top five defense for me. Could be a top five defense by the end of the year. We don't, you know, we, we don't know. We need to see it play out because it is the first year there. 
Bosa is learning a, a, a new way to play. Yeah. So, you know, and the, there are other variables, but uh, versus a team that really is versus a team that has Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback, this defense should do enough to make it to where if Justin Herbert excels, he wins. Yeah, I could see that. This isn't the, you know, this isn't the defense that Fitzmagic is going to go out and throw five touchdowns against. And I guess with that said, we never know what defense that is because Fitzmagic really is Fitzmagic. And that's, you know, he's probably the hardest player to predict in the National Football League. So, but um, it's, are are we really going to waste much more time on that? Trying to make the unpredictable? Nah. Antonio Gibson, if they, if the Washington football team is going to win this game, Antonio Gibson needs to be big on the ground. Because really, you, you need to keep that uh, Chargers offense off the field. Yeah. So, all right. San Francisco really- 49ers at the Detroit Lions. I was about to say, we really have nine more games to go still. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to uh, we're going to pick up the pace a little. San this one versus be Detroit. Easy. Okay, so um, Dan Campbell talks a big game. He's a tough guy. He's, he, he's all about physicality on the offensive and defensive lines and, um, you know, the whole biting the kneecaps off and everything. And, you know, I, I know we've referenced that a few times. It, it, that was actually something he – yeah, he, he said in his opening press conference, he's like, uh, when, when we get knocked down, we get back up. When we get knocked down again, we get back up again. When we get knocked down again, we get back up, bite their kneecap off, and get uh, and come back again. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it, it, was, it, was, it was all about, like, referring to, like, like, a heavyweight fight sort of deal. Yeah. Well, welcome to, the, uh, like... Welcome to the NFL. Uh, w- welcome to the NFL coaching position, Dan Campbell. You are facing a team that you want to be the coach of because physicality on the offensive and defensive uh, lines is where San Francisco's uh, bread and butter is. And um, even if even if Campbell was established, and even if he wasn't having preseason issues with his vision, there's no way this Lions team is going to out-physical that 49ers team. You you are – it is two teams whose philosophy are to win uh, – are, are to win um, in, in the late rounds of a knockout fight, and one of them's fighting at heavyweight and one of them's fighting at welterweight. Yeah, man. Um I think I can just summarize this team, this game by saying that this game is the San Francisco 49ers who are finally healthy again, knock on wood, uh, and not so far removed from not the... Not as healthy uh, as we want them to be, though. <laughs> true. But not so far removed from a Super Bowl, uh, a near Super Bowl victory. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say that... Uh, the Detroit Lions are bad. Um, and there, there's a very easy route to this game being a shut shutout. 
I'm not talking about to an easy route to the 49ers win. I'm just talking about an easy route to a shutout. Um, we have to see that defensive. We have to see that Detroit Lions offense score before we're going to say that they can score against the 49ers. Detroit is uh, path, path of victory. Path of victory would be that offensive line puts it together enough to where they're competitive, like to where they can get big plays. And on those big plays, DeAndre Swift rips 30-yard runs and TJ Hawkinson rips 30-yard receptions. Yeah. This is literally this is literally two two uh, uh, two pieces need to just both go off the same game because the offensive line buys them just enough time. Um, and anything outside of that, Detroit loses, probably gets shut out, and loses bad. All right. Seattle Seahawks and Indianapolis Colts. Um. Yes, please. Yeah, this should be a fun game to watch. Yeah, we've got an elite offense versus an elite defense. We have a suspect but yet yet intriguing offense versus a suspect yet intriguing defense. <laughs> um, it's very simple. I mean, Russell Wilson always starts hot. DeForest Buckner always starts hot. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, you could you could go down the list. Uh, you could very well see this game going either way, right? Like, w- if I told you that Indy was going to win this game, thirty-five to ten, or Seattle was going to win this game, thirty-five to ten, they're both within the realm of possibility, right? Yeah. Um, I believe that. DeForest Buckner and that defensive line are going to find a way to take Chris Carson out of the equation. But taking Chris Carson out of the equation just means you have to deal with more of Russell Wilson, BK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. Um, like, it's, it's not the Titans, what, what, what they're throwing at you, but at, at the same time, it's, it's still a Seahawks offense that has been there done that and has been wildly impressive in, in the earlier portions of the season uh, yep. uh, throughout. So um, I think that gives them an edge because I feel like Wilson and Carroll, Pete Carroll, are, are used to early success and that the Colts still have a lot of you know flux with the organization. Like they just found out that Car- uh, Carson Wentz will be there for week one when thinking that there was a chance he might be out till November. Um, is Carson Wentz rushing back? I don't know. Uh, Eric Fisher is not going to be there, so that defensive line is still vulnerable. But what's, where's the Seattle pass rush that really has you concerned about that defensive line being vulnerable? It's yeah. Not like, uh, it's not like that Seattle defense is world stoppers anymore. Um, Jonathan Taylor could still have a huge game, but he's going to have to do it without – Keep this on 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 that offensive line. Really, for me, this game comes down to: can they force, can the Colts force Seattle to be one-dimensional, and can they just run the football down their throats? Flip side of the coin: Russell Wilson, 
DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. How bad do you want to embarrass them? Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the definite answer to that is a lot. You know, but can, can they do it? This is a big question. Well, I mean, we if one of them goes for 150 and one of them goes for 120 and they score three touchdowns between the two of them, that's a Seahawks path to victory. Yeah. Well, that, it might have to be four touchdowns between the two of them. But, you know, it, it's something that we've seen. And we've seen Seattle do it to, you know, like I said before, Buffalo. Sometimes that offensive matchup group. Uh, and if the Seahawks put it into a shootout, the Colts are not going to keep up. No, they won't be. I don't think they'll be able to. You know, even if, even if you anticipate like a ridiculous season for Carson Wentz, you know, like, yeah. and a lot of people kind of are. I I kind of half believe it. You know what I mean? He needs to stay like, healthy. We covered this multiple times. Yeah, exactly. If Carson Wentz is going to be healthy for the important part of the schedule, that, that then we I think we both believe in it. But like, surprise! I'm back. <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Is this real? <laughs> like, exactly. We had you coming back in November. <laughs> you did really well with that five to 12 week thing. <laughs> yeah. I guess it was only five weeks after all. Wait, it's going to be 12 weeks for Eric Fisher, though? <laughs> I mean, some doctors are just better than other doctors, man. I will say this. I think that uh, if if indie-style football is played, Seattle can win indie-style football. Yeah. If Seattle-style football is played, Indy cannot win Seattle-style football. With that yeah. said, I think it's more likely that indie-style football is going to get played. All right. All right. Minnesota Vikings at Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I mean, what do you even think about this one? I mean, clearly the Vikings are going to win this game, right? If the nail hunter comes back healthy, uh, like I, I, the two defensive tackles they added in the middle with uh, Dalvin Tomlinson and what Sheldon Richardson, yeah, uh, yeah. are both great run stoppers. Uh, so I, I think that. And, you know, between Eric Hendricks, uh, if Anthony Barr is healthy, like, I think a lot of a lot of it comes down to if Daniel Hunter and Anthony Barr come back healthy, ready uh, to contribute back in their old forms game one. I don't think the Cincinnati offensive line can handle a healthy Daniel Hunter and the rest of that line. But if Hunter and Barr are coming back slow, there is a chance that Burrow has enough time to make it happen. With that said, Jamar Chase has been dropping passes. Yeah, um, I'm liking that. So it's going to have to be with Nixon in the passing game, Tyler Boyd, who, you know, let's be honest, Burrow and Boyd had a nice connection going last year. And, they did. And and yeah. e. Higgins, which we haven't seen a ton of it yet, but at the same time, it's, um, you know, that no one's sleeping on T. Higgins. But I don't 
I'm just saying, if you believe in Daniel Hunter, you probably don't believe that the Bengals offense is going to do that well. No. Flip side of the coin, this Bengals defense is much improved, but it is not on the level of taking on Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Keith. Yep. I like Logan Wilson. I think I think Logan Wilson is going to develop into a star linebacker in this league. Dalvin Cook as his first assignment this year is not going to make him look good. Though it will probably make his fantasy tackle total look pretty decent. <laughs> it's kind of like, yay, I just gave up a 20-yard run to Dalvin Cook, but I still got that two-point tackle for my fantasy owner. <laughs> Yay, I just gave Dalvin Cook his 10th reception of the game, but I still got that cut tackle for my fantasy owner. <laughs> exactly. Totally going to be in my lineup this week for the record. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, you know, Con Bell, Jesse Bates are, are a really good safety tandem. And the, the Cincinnati cornerbacks uh, are better than they were a year ago, but. It's too much to ask that secondary, even even a secondary as good as that one, to just stop Jay Jets and Thielen. Um, so really, when it comes down to it, the Bengals are going to need to to stop them for a full game. Like I I, I will say this: that that defense has turnover potential. Um, that pass rush did not come together as well in the preseason as many thought it would, but you you still have Trey Hendrickson there. You still have Sam Hubbard there, so it has the potential to uh, to put pressure on a uh, on a Kirk Cousins whose line hasn't been as repaired as we thought it was going to be a few months ago. Yeah, because so, uh, obviously we had uh, high hopes for um, for that line with the addition of Christian Darius, so on and so forth, and he didn't quite develop the way he was supposed to do. And we had high hopes for the Cincinnati defensive line. Uh, when Trey Hendrickson came over, but that hasn't developed. If that offensive line or that defensive line can develop and prove what they prove their potential in this game, then there's a good chance that that is the equalizer in this match. Um, any thoughts? Like, I- I'm willing to hear any thoughts on this overall, mainly because this is. I can see outs for the Cincinnati Bengals, but I feel the Minnesota Vikings can cover most of the outs. Yeah, I um, I think the uh, you know, and I, I feel bad saying this because I, I like Joe Burrow. I think I think the kid's very talented. And I think he's got big things ahead of him. I do but, too. But I just I just don't see a way. And then this is just kind of the Bengals in general. I don't see a way that the Bengals aren't the worst team in that division this whole season. I really so, don't. It would you be know, different if uh, the Dallas Cowboys old offensive line coach and Riley Reed made as big of a difference as, as the Bengals thought they would. But mm. one, once we actually started to see training camp happen and we saw how bad Cincinnati's defense was dominating their offense and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cincinnati defense isn't a great defense. Yeah. Like, (laughs) 
the, the, these are not great signs. <laughs> and then we see how bad the Cincinnati pass rush did in the preseason. And it's like, okay, so the pass rush dominates its offense, but yep. couldn't do well against other teams' offenses. Long season. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be, if you're a Bengals fan, this is going to be a very, very long season for you. You know, like if like if you're a Giants fan or a Jets fan, a long season for you. <laughs> I think there's upside to being a Jets fan because you actually you actually get the season growth. Yep. All right. So more like being. Uh, well, no, 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 no. Because uh, Joe Burrow, you can actually see some growth too. So uh, you can um, see some growth in Burrow, but he has he has to be able to stand upright. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, they really didn't do too much to address that problem, did they? Man, I really wish I didn't flip-flop on the Bengals this summer because I, at this point I could just be telling everybody I told you so. But then, mm-hmm. I, then I had that one month right in the middle there where I, where, where I started believing yep. that that offense could maybe overcome that offensive line. And, and then suddenly it's kind of like, oh, well, I was wrong on that. I should have held to my guns. <laughs> I mean, I like Joe Burrow. I like his wide receiver core. I'm not crazy about Jamar Chase dropping passes, but that could just be like jitters. I don't know. He, he don't could know also be a receiver that needs a year or two to develop. Yeah. Some really yeah. good receivers that have taken a few years to develop at the beginning of their careers. Yep, exactly. You know, but uh, I don't know. I mean, there's really not much to like about uh, the Bengals, unfortunately. Sorry, Boomer Sison, if you're listening to this, because I know uh, you love your Bengals, sir. All right, moving right along. Miami yep. Dolphins at New England Patriots. Um, are we finally in the 425 games? Yes, we are finally in the 425 games. Huzzah! But we've made we've made up decent time over the last uh, three matchups. Yeah. So, all right. So Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots. Um. This should be a good game. Um, I think the team that does better amongst these two teams this year is going to be making the playoffs, and the team that does worse amongst these these two teams this year is going to be the team that barely misses the playoffs. I'm excited to see both teams' defenses and how they look. Um, But I, I will tell you right now, there's one thing that I am significantly more uh, invested in watching this game for, and okay. that's Mac Jones. You know, before they cut Cam Newton, I was just like, okay, it's going to be Cam Newton versus Tua. You know, Cam's going to throw for 130 yards and he's going to rush for 200, and that's going to be that. You know what I mean? And now, and now they think they think highly enough of Mac Jones to go, you know what, this dude is ready, and no, they got to get Cam Newton. And I'm just like, okay. So let's see what Belichick sees, you know? Because we all know Belichick is not going to be wrong on this one. Exactly. How often is he wrong? Let's be honest. Well, no, no. He's been wrong before, but he has never never gone against his original opinion, Mm -hmm. made uh, made a full turnaround, and been wrong on something like that. Yep. And that's what happened with Mac Jones and Cam Newton. So honestly, I want to see 
I I think Mac Jones. I, I am noting. I'm not going to say he's going to have the best season uh, week of uh, of the rookie quarterback starting this week because Trevor Lawrence has Houston and Zach Wilson has Carolina. And do it against Miami is a whole different level. But I think Mac Jones is the most prepared of the three to be starting their first game. Yeah. Uh, the adversity, the fact that he had to battle. But, you know, the funny thing is, he's not even the quarterback that I'm looking forward to, uh, that I'm watching Just, more intently this sun- Sunday because um, th- this is this is this is where you validate uh, Flores's um, choice to stick with you as his starting quarterback. Chua needs to go up against that New England defense and prove that he can score against a defense like that. Yeah. Mac Jones has some excuses if he can't score versus Miami. Though, you know, admittedly, Belichick is on, uh, Belichick did shorten his leash by doing what he did. You know, it, 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 it's it's hard to believe that a guy who did as much with New England as, as he's done uh, might even have a leash. But the fact that he did handle the Cam Newton thing the way he did, I think does put him on a leash. Does that make sense? You think Belichick is on a leash? Yeah, a very long leash. I, I don't think so. I think it's Belichick. I, I think when you have a coach like Bill Belichick, uh, you just – I, you think until, if Belichick goes five and twelve this year, that there won't be some conversation? Not that they won't get rid of him, not that they'll get rid of him, but there won't be some conversations of, "Hey, maybe you should retire, Bill." No. Okay. Not even a little bit. Think, think, think of pretending like you were the GM of the uh, New England Patriots right now. Unless Bill Belichick starts showing up to practice without pants on, mumbling, uh, mumbling to himself that the aliens are coming. I'm not. I'm not taking him off my field. You know, it's funny though. I am talking about him to my friends. That he's not what he used to be. Yeah. Do you think it's because Tom Brady's not there? No. Hmm. Hmm. Is it, is I don't know. Different? You don't think he's just like the guru anymore, huh? Oh, no, I, I still think he's the guru. Okay, now, okay, I need to clarify this. I said what I said not to indicate that Bill Belichick was going to be in the scenario because I believe Bill Belichick is taking this team to the playoffs. Yeah. I'm just saying if it goes completely opposite, I'm starting to question things. Okay. I'm starting to question how much of it was Bill versus how much of it was Tom. Interesting. And it's because of the way it happened. Because the call that he made, what the way this whole Mac Jones thing progressed, Cam Newton was definitely the guy. Cam Newton was definitely the guy. Cam Newton was definitely the guy. Cam Newton is probably the guy. Uh, we are still making the decision. Cam Newton is gone. Yep. That's the whole. That's the way this whole thing progressed. 
Oh, I mean, in fairness, that's Bill. I mean, yeah, but he's but he's staking his again. He's not staking his career on this, but because he's still going to be able to coach if he wants to. But at such a pivotal point in in his career, at such a at at at, at such a pivotal point in both his career and the Patriots franchise as a whole, he may have made the gutsiest call of his career. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. And he can't, so he can't be wrong. Here's the crazy thing. I don't know that he's going to be, though. Oh, okay. Again, uh, if, if, if you saw my article, I put the, I put the Patriots one game behind Buffalo at the, for the division. I put the Patriots at 11 and 6. Wow. I, it's not a spoiler because I put it in the article. When I made my official predictions for the playoffs and my Super Bowl, my official Super Bowl, I had the New England Patriots upsetting the Buffalo Bills in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. And then I had them going on and getting beaten by, uh, uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs in the second round, but I don't think that I don't think that shows anything bad about the New England Patriots. I just think it shows that this team is not ready to hang with the Chiefs yet, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think we would all agree this team is not ready to hang with the Chiefs yet. No, not a- Belichick does not give enough of an advantage over Andy Reid to overcome the gap in talent between the two teams. Yeah, I would agree to that. So, so I, I'm just saying that if this all falls apart, there will be questions. There will be mumbling. Um, and we tangent it way, really far away from this Dolphins versus Patriots game. You know, this this game comes down to it's parallels in a lot of ways. Two quarterbacks with a lot to prove. Uh, Mac, yeah. Mac Jones has a lot to prove for Bill Belichick. Tua Tagovailoa has a lot to prove for himself. Yep. Um, it's two defenses that have uh, uh, that that can both be really good. One is truly elite. One is really good. I I think I don't know with the additions of Matthew Judon and what we saw of that pass rush in the in training camp in pre- uh, preseason, it looks like that uh, Patriots uh, line is ready to uh, you know. Uh, kick butt and take names. Yeah, um, and let's not forget defensively, um, Brian Flores. He's a um, he's a Belichick disciple too. Yep. Uh, so they, they both have a situation with their top cornerback, where their top cornerback is a little disgruntled. Uh, Xavier Howard's getting the new contract, but he really doesn't like the way the things went down with the team this offseason. Stefan Gilmore is still waiting for the new contract, still on the trading block. So there's, yep. there's, there's some questions in the secondary. Like, it's these two teams parallel each other very well, and they both have strong running back by committees. They both have versatile weapons on offenses that, 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 uh, that can be done with. So really, when it all comes down to it, can two approve that he's a starting NFL quarterback and can Mac Jones prove that Bill was right? Yeah. This is this game is so much about quarterback versus quarterback. Um, more so than any other game 
and it's and it's and it's because neither one of them is proven, and that they this is the training ground. And if you don't think that this this game will come back, the loser of this game well, will be haunted by it later in the year, then you really haven't taken any time to to, to analyze the AFCs. Um, because both of these meetings between these two teams are going to be very important. Yeah. All right. Anything to add? Um, not particularly. Um, I'm, I'm, as far as the Dolphins are concerned, I'm more excited for uh, week two when Will Fuller's back. Um, I kind of want to see what he's going to be like and what they're going to, how they're going to utilize him. And um, that will be covered in our week two show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I don't really have too much more to add other than like who is the starting uh, running back for the Dolphins. You know, Miles Gaskin is the starting running back for the Dolphins. Is it, I mean, is, it, is he going to remain that way, though? That's the only thing. Well, I mean, we're talking week one. We're not talking full season. We're talking week one. Miles Gaskin is the guy who's, who's taking the ball more than anyone else. And for yeah. the Patriots, Damian Harris is the guy. Word. All yeah. right. Moving yeah. right along. Um, yeah, let's talk about the game of the week. America's game of the week. Cleveland Browns at Kansas City Chiefs. I am so pissed off that this game is week one. And not at a point in time when it would have more meaning and when both of these teams would be more prepared for it. Yep. Because there's no reason to think that the Chiefs aren't just going to go out and win this one because it was week one. And week five, if they had it, uh, if this game was even being played week five, I could make many different cases for how I, uh, and believe them for why I think the Browns could win the game. Um, but it's going to take a little bit for. And I get it. They had a trading camp. They had a preseason. But we haven't seen that new look defense on the field playing with each other completely for an extended period of time. And we definitely haven't seen it against Kansas City-level starters. So that defense is going to take some time to gel. Um, and that offense is not going to be able to keep up unless they can keep Mahomes off the field. So you want the Browns' path to victory? Keep Mahomes off the field. I want I, 200, I want 250 yards between Chubb and Hunt. Yep. And you know what the sad part is? They're capable of doing it. Yeah, they are capable of doing it. And you know, you add in you need you add in one uh, Miles Garrett strip sack, or you add in one John Johnson interception, and that's how that's how you can pull off the upset. Yep. I think there's actually a stronger chance that uh, the Browns win this game because it's week one than they do if it's like week five or week seven, like you said. Oh, I interesting. Think, I, I think their defense is much more ready to just stifle. Um, I think it's week one and the, Patri uh, the Patriots, the Chiefs uh, might come in and not be as like, how do I put this? The Chiefs aren't going to go undefeated. You know, 
they're going to have some losses. And this just feels like one of those games that they could potentially lose at any point during the season. But particularly because it's week one, you know, I can just see the Browns going out, running the clock out the entire time. And, you know, like really kicking the Chiefs on the heels right off the get-go. See, now, here's my biggest problem with that. Like, mm-hmm. when have you not seen Andy Reid ready for week one? Didn't say Andy Reid. I'm just saying, we've seen a Super Bowl champion New England Patriots get upset by the Chiefs week one of, of the regular season. We've seen a defending Super Bowl championship uh, Chiefs dominate the Houston, uh, a good Houston Texans team week one of the season. We've seen, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it just feels like the Chiefs are always prepared for week one. Now, maybe I'm missing a year. Like, honestly, I can't remember their week one last year. Yeah. But I know they didn't lose their week one last year. Yeah, no, I know. I don't know. It just, it's possible. Well, who knows? Like, I mean, obviously, the, the path to victory for the Chiefs is being the Chiefs. Like, yeah. You know, take it seriously and get get your defense off the field. Like, uh, you know, guys like guys like Chris Jones and uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, Honey Badger, uh, still have some relevance and can still have a lot to say about if. Uh, if Chubb is able to average four yards per carry, or if he's able to uh, average three yards per carry, sometimes you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I got you. So they they need to the the so the path to victory for the Chiefs is not have your running defense embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> and then just business as usual. Um, and you know the, the formula for the Browns is. Embarrass the chief running defense. <laughs> this is all about Nick Chubb. <laughs> yep. And Kareem Hunt. For a game as exciting as that one's going to be, there's not a ton of, uh, well, you know, there is a ton of analysis. It's just, uh, we already all know about what it is the analysis says. Yeah. Yeah. So no need in beating a dead horse. I know I will be watching that. Um, I will be tweeting that game also, so uh, definitely take some time to uh, follow me on Twitter. And um, and I, I get it that uh, why am I picking such an offensive game for a game that I'm going to be tweeting? Um, I don't know. Other than other than this is a game that um, I think there will be a rematch of in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it'll be a very important rematch, and I and the winner will probably go to the Super Bowl. All right. I like it. So, Denver Broncos at New York Giants. I'll let the Giants fan take the lead on this one. All right. This is going to be a dumpster fire. Uh, a literal dumpster fire. Um, I believe the final score of this game is going to be uh, zero to zero. I'm, no, I'm sorry. Somebody's got to win. Three to zero. <laughs> um, Let's make it three to two. Three to two. That 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 you're giving the Giants too much credit. Um, <laughs> all right, I love my Giants. I do. I really, really do. All right, Kenny Galladay's hurt again. I 
I'm so sure this dude's not playing. I benched him in every league I have him, and he's not even out yet. I'm just assuming he's going to be. And even if he's not out, he's going to be ineffective at best. Um, I don't know that I believe in Daniel Jones, and I feel terrible saying that. Um, Saquon Barkley, I love him. He can only do so much, and he's coming back from an injury, uh, a bad injury, and he's still and he's playing the Denver defense too. I know. Defense is stacked on all levels. Yep, exactly. And that defense is nasty. Um, On the flip side, the offense, um, I mean, okay. Is overwhelmingly mediocre. You know what the sad part is? Can I be honest here for a second? Sure. As a Giants fan, I feel terrible saying this. I kind of like the Denver offense better than I like the Giants offense. Teddy Bridgewater is mediocre, but like at least he's accurate. I mean, he's mediocre, but he's accurate and he has a good weapon set. Exactly. You know, I think that's going to lead to the offense being overwhelmingly mediocre. But with yep. that said, with how elite that defense is going to be, not, not can be, is going to be, they yes. only need a mediocre offense to be a respectable team. Yep. Um, and yeah, I get it. Saquon Barkley is, is an amazing talent, and we're not taking him out of the equation because it's week one. But we also don't know for a fact how many snaps Saquon's going to play. Yep, he has not been ruled a full, a full go yet. Uh, all the sources indicate that he uh, that he will be playing, but some are some are uh, Stefania Bell. Uh, her injury report on Saquon earlier this week. She is saying there's a chance Quan only sees about 10 to 12 touches. Yep. Um, you know, proceed with caution. Obviously, if you have him on your team, you're still starting him. But, you know, against that defense, who you can't pass against because they have a bunch of guys who could just man up on all your wide receivers. And they throw everyone else in the box. And you have... Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson and you know and a and Fangio as as the as the mastermind behind it all. Um, yeah, it's the defense is too ready for Week One. No, Giants' path to victory will be finding a way to beat one of those single coverage guys. You just have to catch the right match, you know, because receivers and cornerbacks all match up differently. You just have to find the right combination of, you know, whether it's uh, Shepard versus Fuller or whether it's uh, Slayton versus Sertan. But may- maybe there is a combination that works really well for one of those receivers and then just attacking, uh, attacking the corner that, uh, or safety that's weak of that game, um, and hoping that the and hoping that Leonard Williams, Jabril Peppers, Dory Jackson, Blake Martinez can stop, not slow down, not contain, stop a mediocre offense. Yeah. I will say this, the 
and I and I feel bad saying this because this is a little mean, but the best news that the Giants have offensively going into this game is that Evan Ingram isn't playing. Because <laughs> 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 now at least he can't go out there and drop it ten yards past the first down on a on a three and twenty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, the path is there, though, for the Giants to, to pull off a, a 14-13, a 17-16, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying the Giants can't win. Believe me, I'm a Giants fan, and I will be rooting for the Giants to win. I just, you know, I also want to win the lottery. <laughs> this game <laughs> would also easily be a 20-0. to zero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along, Green Bay Packers at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this is going to be fun. I love watching me some Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Saints are still figuring out that uh, still fig- figuring out the cornerback situation. They just brought in Bradley Roby, still serving another game suspension. That shows that they're clear, clearly not uh, in love with what they're working with. They've been bringing cornerbacks in and out. Um, Lattimore is, versus anyone with Mike Evans, Lattimore is not a, a top 10 cornerback anymore. Versus Mike Evans, uh, he's, he's the best cornerback in the league. Um, there's no reason to think that Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams isn't going to just be ridiculous week one. Uh, there, you know, he's got the mobility to to get around guys like uh, Cameron Jordan. Uh, maybe that linebacker tandem can hold a uh, hold the run game in check. But we're going to need to see some advancements from uh, from Pete Warner and uh, no regression from DeMario Davis in order for that to happen. So, uh, you know, that so that Saints front should be should do a good job against Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon. So I'm not too concerned, but I just I just don't see how you're stopping Rodgers from passing this game um so the answer to that is you're not (laughs) um i will say this i think the real storyline here um and i know you're a defensive-minded guy so i do apologize to you here i really really, don't apologize i'm not going to force anything in this one (laughs) i I will say i think the real storyline here is can Jameis winston keep up with right yeah, that's the, that's the story here. Yeah, Can James Winston keep up with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, because Jameis Winston is a guy who has shown brilliance in the passing game. And he has Alvin, yeah. Kamara, Alvin Kamara. And he's the Packers defense, though really good, is better against the pass than Mr. Rush. Um, so Alvin Kamara could have himself a, a wonderful day. James Winston has shown some good stuff with Marquise Holloway, but the problem with that is Jair Alexander is going to be lined up on him. 
Yep. So you're going to have to beat him. Uh, Traquan Smith isn't playing, to my knowledge. I, I haven't. I don't think I saw an injury report recently uh, that, that had him in. So you're really going to have to. Obviously, Michael Thomas isn't back early. So this is literally going to be uh, Deontay Harris, Alvin Kamara, and a bunch of. Oh, and Taysom Hill and some no-name wide receivers that New Orleans always has a tendency to produce that uh, that are going to uh, probably perform over their heads. Yep. Um, I that's the dangerous thing with that uh, with that beef, that offense now. That's the dangerous thing because when you have like when you don't have that Michael Thomas and you don't have that, you know what I mean? Like anybody can produce, so James Winston can just hit anybody that's open. You know, that's yeah. The, but the, the problem is Marquise Callaway did uh, didn't sneak up on everybody enough. Yeah. So now Jair Alexander has had a couple of weeks to prepare for him. Yeah. So so we can't count on Marquise Callaway. And yeah. Ron Smith isn't playing. You know, we're now in a situation to where if Michael Thomas was playing, or if Marquez Callaway was a better kept secret then maybe this would go differently. But I think that uh, I think that it's it's a little too early in, in the season to be comfortable with the Saints uh, yeah. really keeping up with the Packers in this game. Yeah. Well, listen, turnovers, that. which that defense can do. You know, th- that defense can turn you over. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn it all over. Yeah. Okay. We are doing no. Sunday night football in Los Angeles as the Chicago Bears go to take on the Rams. The Bears. The Bears. Andy Dalton. Aaron Donald. You know, the biggest favor that the Rams could do for the Chicago Bears this season would be just have Aaron Donald take Andy Dalton out in the first quarter. Do you think Andy Dalton makes it to the second half of the game or no? I think that uh, the Rams are too – I think that uh, uh, Sean McVay is too smart to allow his team to knock Andy Dalton out. Mm, fair enough. It's kind of like, okay, we're, we're going to allow him to complete this 20-yard pass to put them in field goal range. And then maybe we'll give them another field goal right before halftime so they feel better about themselves. See, on the contrary, I think he's going to go out there and he's going to be like, you know what we should do? Crush your enemies. Oh, maybe. If he does that, he might actually get to see Justin Fields. Um, I mean... But the question is, if it really is going to happen in this game, why isn't it happening at the beginning of this game? Like, I don't know. We're, we're, we're trying to paint a scenario because we both want to see Justin Fields. <laughs> and the truth is, Matt Nagy's not going to give us Justin Fields. Nope. Made it so clear. Yep. Um, the only way it's going to happen is an injury. And Though that defense hits hard and contains and shuts you down, 
Aaron Donald isn't the type of person to like headhunt people. If this was Miles Garrett, okay, maybe. But Aaron Donald doesn't need you out of the game in, in order to make you bow to him. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Oh, thank you. Excuse me. So, you know, when, when I look at this, um, I, I still think that the Bears' offense is – I still think the Bears' offense is decent. decent. So we do have to go back to last season. Andy Dalton's better than Mitchell Trubisky. Andy Dalton's better than Nick Foles. Is he the Montgomery? You still have Allen Robinson. You have second year uh, in uh, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. So there, there is reason for optimism. It's just versus the Rams and all the scrutiny that's going, uh, going around following Dalton and Nagy. Unless Dalton just comes out with a serious ship and it doesn't cause him to turn the ball over multiple times to Jalen Ramsey, uh, Leonard Floyd, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, Darius Williams, Taylor Rapp, Jordan Fuller. If he, if Andy Dalton plays with a chip and he doesn't turn the ball over, which again, I'm not even sure that the picture on Peyton is possible. Then he can, then he can score enough to keep uh, the Bears in this game. On the flip side, you obviously have Matthew Stafford, uh, a huge upgrade on Jared Goff. You, you still have Cup. You still have Woods. You have a developing Van Jefferson. Uh, you have a backfield that's full of mystery because, you know, right now it looks like it, we don't know how much is Sony Michelle versus how much is Daryl Henderson. But uh, that's probably something good that's going to keep the Bears guessing. But yeah. <clears throat> no, let's be honest. It's Khalil Mack. It's Raquan Smith. It's uh, Eddie Jackson. These guys aren't going to be guessing for too long. Yeah. Yeah. The, these guys have been around. They've seen it. Like, you're not getting things by on a Keen Hicks or a Jenny Jefferson. This, this is a very veteran defense that knows how to do what it's going to do. And, yes, they're down Kyle Fuller now. So they're not going to be as good. But with that said, they're still going to hit the quarterback. It's not like Matthew Safford is some uh, mirac- you know, uh, miraculously quick passer or extremely agile quarterback that's going to uh, just decimate the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense will do enough to give the Bears' offense a shot. Uh, yeah, I just don't think the Bears are capable of winning this game. No offense yeah. to them. Yeah, not with Andy Dalton. Yeah, that's the whole thing because Andy Dalton's gonna fall prey to Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Fuller, Williams, Rap. Who's gonna get picked off at least twice? Yeah, there's yeah. that secondary is too good. Uh. Picked off twice, sacked at least three times. Yep. It's – and on the flip side of the coin, though we think there's a chance that – you would agree with me, there's a, uh, there's a good chance that Stafford's going to be limited, right? Well, he's gonna be limited. But he's not, he's not going to be turned over. I mean, even if he throws a picker, you know, it's, it's still – it's still Matt Stafford, and it's still an elite 
like team now. Yeah. On both sides of the ball. You know, there's no way the Bears pull this one off. No offense to the Bears. Well, I mean, the, the path to victory is non-existent with Andy Dalton. <laughs> the path to victory is they just really ride David Montgomery and Montgomery proves to be proves to emerge in a similar fashion to the way Derrick Henry emerged. I don't think that's going to happen. You would agree, though, that if Montgomery ran for a buck fifty and two, that the Bears are in this game, right? I didn't say it was going to be a shutout. I just said I don't see an adult beating uh, Mass Stafford and the Rams. I think that's fair. But what did you think was fair? Well, like you said, I don't think the Bears are going to get blown out. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, no. Do you do you agree if Montgomery runs for two touchdowns and 150 yards, and they contain that enough that way? Which, granted, it's going to be really hard to do that to Aaron Donald and that run. Yeah. Um, the Bears are going to have to win a really physical, low-scoring game. That's what they're going to have to do. That yeah. is that is the path to victory. They actually have to be more physical than the Rams. And I just don't think that's going to happen. You know? But I'm not willing to discount, you know, Max Smith, Hicks, and all of them to the point where I put a 0% on it. You know what it is? It's not my, – my faith isn't – my problem is not the defense. It's it's not a knock on the Bears' defense, you know? It's, it's just really just – I think Andy Dalton kind of looks like a shell of himself. He did not look good yeah. for Dak Prescott at all. He just, you uh, know. Do you think tra- things change if Justin Fields start in the second half? No, nope. not yet. Okay. And, that's not, and that's not a comment on Justin Fields. It's if he comes in and they're already down 20 points, you know, from three interceptions and a sack strip fumble, you know, and he comes in in the second half, you know, as a rookie quarterback, you know, do I yeah. think he's going to pull off a miraculous win against the Rams? No, you know, but it'll get him the game experience he needs. Well, what, so, if he, what if he's down 14-3? I don't know. <laughs> I just okay. I don't know. Yeah. Again, like, I'm not I'm not taking the bears and the points here. So yeah. I'm just trying to outline a path to victory. Like, you know, I, I tried to I tried to get Houston Texans and Detroit Lions the path to victory. I think that path of victory looks like they force it into a really physical game with a strong rushing attack and and they just, uh, you know, yeah. But the, the defense looks like it did three years ago, as opposed to the way it looked last year. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm ready to move on to Monday night game. You Monday night football, Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders. Now I cannot wait to see this game. All right, Baltimore. Sure, Baltimore. Wait, no, no. Let me paint the imagery first. Picture <laughs> the Roomba. 
<laughs> with the new black hole inside of it. <laughs> the Vegas version of the black hole inside of it. Oh, Crowded. man. These fans, just, are gonna, these fans are going to have something to say of the outcome of this game. The first thing I want to say is I can't wait to see, finally, to see what this kid J.K. Dobbins, whoops, I mean, what this kid Justice Hill, whoops, what this kid Gus Everett, whoops, <laughs> what Lamar Jackson can do. <laughs> yeah, because this is literally Lamar Jackson's show versus that Raiders defense because if Lamar Jackson can't run for 250 yards and throw for another buck 50 then yep. that then this is I don't know I think, you think? The atmosphere of uh, I think the atmosphere of this stadium with fans in it for the first time with whatever the biggest version of the black hole is, on Monday night football to open up the NFL season would be tough for the Green Bay Packers to win it. Do, 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 do you think John Harbaugh is calling up Mark Ingram right, like right now? Like, like, hey, Mark, uh, so I know you were the Texans. Uh, could really use you over here, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the only good news about this game is that Lamar Jackson won't tear his ACL because it's not the Baltimore field. Uh, right? It's got to be the field. Or it's, what is it, dude? Uh, it's I, I don't know. We, we've already talked about this at show, though. We're, we're very perplexed by this franchise. Uh, yep. We don't know what this running game looks like. Like Here, let, let's talk that for a moment. Uh, it's what? Deshaun Williams, Le'Veon Bell, and Devonta Freeman? Did, like, did they sign Devonta Freeman? Yeah, they signed Devonta Freeman to the practice squad, and they're going to try to get him ready for game day. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, Bell and Freeman are both on the practice squad right now. Do, do, do any of them really inspire any faith in you whatsoever? Like, I, I get it. Like, I, 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 I glanced, you know, when, uh, when the news went down uh, with um, – when the news went down earlier today that the Gus bus tore his ACL, uh, I, I just looked around to see what the response would be to that in all the leagues. Like I wasn't, I didn't check, I didn't check the recent transactions to add any of the running backs to my team. I just wanted to see how everyone else responded to it. And I noticed in every league I am, I'm in, uh, Sean Williams got picked up and I'm like, so we're just going to pick up any Ravens running back that's healthy. Like at a certain point in time, the the talent has to cut off, right? Like, do I, I we think... really believe Le'Veon Bell is, is going to succeed as a Raven if he couldn't succeed as a Chief? I, I I think you know what it is. I think the how do I explain this? One thing that I heard, which could be completely just irrelevant whatsoever, is. The argument for Tyson Williams is where was Le'Veon Bell when they had to cut down to 53 men on the practice squad? Where was Tyson Williams? He made the 53-man roster. So they 
they initially at least believed in this kid enough that they to had allow him, him to learn behind the running backs that they had. Correct. Exactly. That that's the only positive so far that I've seen really. Um, I don't even know what he did in college. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, you know, they believed in the kid enough to, to keep him on the active 53 man roster and, uh, you know, and Le'Veon Bell, they didn't. So that's my statement of that. Now, does that mean I, I, I get what you're saying? I, I yeah. you know, I, I, what I knew I was going to be doing a show with you and knowing that, that you were one of the people that I saw pick him up in one of the leagues on this. Yep. Um, I, I was, I, I planned on asking that all day after I saw that. And I'm kind of like, you know, because it still kind of puzzled me. Like, I, I don't, I, you know, at a certain point in time, you just have to, at a certain point in time, there is no longer an answer. Yeah. I wonder if we've hit that point. If, if, if we've dived so deep into the running back pool there that it's just irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. It really is. It's really possible that we've gone so far off the deep end here now that it's just nothing, you know? Um, I mean, even, even, you know, Tyson Williams. So if you look at his stats for his college career, he, even that isn't, isn't exactly inspiring, you know? Um, I'm looking at it right now. Apparently, he was a four-star recruit from high school. He signed with North Carolina, transferred to South Carolina, um, and then he did, didn't do much, rushed for 799 yards, apparently. Then he went to BYU, and he had a couple of good games. He had one game where he went 94 yards and, uh, and two touchdowns. And he played in four games total, and then he tore his ACL. Hmm. Uh, oh, ACL? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, the Ravens have also brought in Latavius Murray. Did they really? They yeah. Just, so I'm just, just, I'm just going to say this. Is Taysom just, Hill uh, – uh, wait, is it – what's the name again? Not Taysom. Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams. If, if they were so comfortable with him – why did they sign Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman, and Latavius Murray within a day? I mean, at that point, why wouldn't you? You kill your your practice field or your coaching staff killed your first your top three running backs. Tyson Williams is probably feeling like a, like a dude in a horror movie right now. Like his numbers next, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, give it another day. Todd Gurley's going to be on this team too. No, they need another injury first. <laughs> yes, yeah, so give it another day. Yeah. Don't they practice tomorrow? <laughs> yes, they do. Oh god. Well, which, which is actually today, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. This so you know if so it was to say this, so like I know I've tried so hard to to paint a way for every team to win, but with with, with what I set up with the Las Vegas Raiders. Don't you just feel that the Raiders would even beat the Chiefs in this in this spot? Yeah, I kind of do. Like it has nothing to do with talent and matchups. It has everything to do with 
it's not the fans are back. The fans are there for the first time. Yeah. And it's Vegas, baby. And it's the black hole. And it's nighttime. And it's Monday night football. Like, it's... I don't know. We all know I'm not a fan of the silver and black, <laughs> by the way I've talked about them. But yeah. this spot just looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I get it that they still have to score on that, uh, that Baltimore defense, but, you know, the last time I checked, Baltimore's defense really doesn't have an answer for Darren Waller anyway. Yeah. Like, they, they do a lot of things really well, but Darren, they have been weak against the tight ends, haven't they? What was that? They have been weak against the tight ends, though, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, this this guy is, I don't know. It's, the, we, we can paint the picture. I, I'm not sure that, uh, I'm not sure we need to, though, because there's a lot of concern about Baltimore, what's going on. We don't, we don't know who their starting running back is on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And they, let, let's not forget, they just lost their best no, they didn't lose their best cornerback. Um, they they just lost a really good cornerback. Yeah, Marcus Peters. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's almost like it's been overshadowed. It's, it's kind of like, do, do you guys not realize how, how important Marcus Peters is? Because Baltimore, despite having a great defense, doesn't have the best pass rush in the world. They got by a lot on the fact that they have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Yeah. Um, and I think the jury is still out on this Raiders group of receivers. You could see Derek Carr having a nice little game with uh, with whatever the Vegas version of the 12th man is for opening night. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Easily see it. All right. So, going through picks to end the show, I'm going to be picking my top five games versus the spread. So we just got finished talking about Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I'm going to go there first. I'm going to be taking, uh, I'm going to be taking the Las Vegas Raiders plus four and a half. I think they're going to win outright. So why wouldn't I take four and a half points? Moving right along, going up, going up. I'm going to be heading back to a uh, to a game that I originally uh, originally called at the beginning of the show. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers keep pace with the Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo Bills are more than a touchdown better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I will take Buffalo. I will drop the six and a half, and I will say that the Bills win by double digits. Uh, shimmying down to a game where I know we disagreed, so maybe maybe you go opposite me on this one, and uh, and we and we have it as a way to to break a little bit of a head to head. But uh, I don't see the logic behind Atlanta laying points at all. I will take the Philadelphia Eagles and gladly take the plus three and a half that I feel I would lay with the Philadelphia Eagles. So give me Philly plus three and a half. Initially, I was going to go with the Chargers, but the Austin Eckler thing has me really concerned. So I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with another laying down a ridiculous spread. This is kind of a softball. I, I promise I will take a. I promise I will take a harder one for my fifth pick because I'm taking a super easy way out, and I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers laying seven and a half points 
versus Detroit Lions. It's not even I, – I would probably lay 17 and a half points, to be completely honest. But uh, I only have to lay seven and a half. So, yay for me. <laughs> and I promised I'd kick a slightly more complicated one for taking that fastball. So, let me cover um, – Yeah, what the heck? I'm going to call Seattle versus Indy. Okay. Seattle has to lay two and a half points. <clears throat> I have never seen this team not perform well week one of the season. I think Russell Wilson and company are too good. I will lay that two and a half points with Seattle because I, I feel very comfortable the Seahawks winning by that field goal to a touchdown range over him. So I will take Seattle laying two and a half. I will take Philadelphia getting three and a half. I will take they uh, the Raiders getting four and a half. I will lay the six and a half with Buffalo, and then I will lay the seven and a half with San Francisco. Where are you going, Dave? Um. So I don't actually have the spreads in front of me. It wasn't uh, didn't have that one set up. I will screenshot and text you right now. Thank you. And by text, I mean I will send over Facebook Messenger. There you go, man. All right. Okay, so feel free to overlap if you want to. And yes, we were we're gonna get some fun dramatic music for this point in time in the show in the future. <laughs> you know what it is? I'm not so good with the betting stuff, that's why. Um potentially stupid question, and I know our listeners out there are gonna just smack their heads right now, but this just goes to show you that I don't do this that often. So, like when it says New York Jets to Carolina Panthers and it says Carolina minus five. That means that Carolina is the favorite by five points, right? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to clarify. And uh, collectively, your audience just smacked their heads. Okay. So, uh, Buffalo six and a half on the Steelers. Yeah, I like it. Carolina uh, plus five over the Jets. Um, I actually, I, I don't like it. Um, I think it's going to be closer than that. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just giving the Jets too much credit. Uh, Jacksonville, two and a half over Houston. Really? That's it? I'll take that one for a dollar. Uh, okay, so is that your first one you're declaring? Yeah, that's a good one. Jacksonville lay the two and a half? Yeah. Yeah, I felt that one was too easy for taking the San Francisco. Because I took the San Francisco one, so I wasn't going to take that one. Too. Just because it's easy doesn't mean it's not going to pay out to somebody putting money on it. Uh, Tennessee over the Cardinals by three. Yeah, that's uh, I, I. Yeah, you take that one. I think. Oh, that one scares me. Oh, it scares you, but I think I still think it'll pay off if you want to be riskier about it. Yeah. Atlanta minus three over um, Atlanta favorite over the Eagles. I actually think the Eagles are going to win that one. Um, 
Chargers minus one over the football, Washington football team. If Eckler plays, yeah. If he doesn't, maybe not. But 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 you're not allowed to say you're not allowed to answer it that way because it's a different spread if Eckler's playing. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, right now technically he's playing, so I guess technically Chargers favored by one is the spread. You know what? I would yeah, I would take it. I think they still might beat the uh, Washington football team. Uh San Fran minus uh, uh, seven and a half over Detroit Lions. Yeah, you take that one. Seattle Seahawks over the Colts. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. I only touched it because I felt I took one that was way too easy. Yeah. Minnesota three over Cincinnati. Absolutely, you take Minnesota. Miami. Oh, no, New England over Miami two and a half. Okay, so give us your top five right now. Let's not go through all these. Give us your top five right now. Uh, we're, I love we're, we're only keeping record on the show. We're, we're, we're not putting I, any I, money on this. We're just. I love Jacksonville over Houston. Uh, I'll take the Chargers over Washington football team. Uh, lay the points also. A minus one Chargers over football team. Uh, minus two and a half Jacksonville over Houston. Uh. I will take I will take Denver minus three over the Giants. I will take oh yeah, I'll take the Rams minus seven over the Bears. And then give us a plus. Give us an under give us an upset. Vegas Raiders over the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Nice nice easy upset. <laughs> yeah. I, I am so like I, I get that I get that Baltimore is a is a really talented team. But it's not like the Raiders are bad. Like, I, I, how much better does Vegas think Baltimore is? Uh, uh, the, you get what I'm saying, right? Like, <laughs> they factor in everything. Yeah. I guess Vegas knows about the Vegas team, though. <laughs> I guess so. All right. So we will uh, – we will lock up those. Uh, we will lock those picks up. We will put those picks in the show notes too, so that everybody can uh, can go back and they can see. And uh, you know, uh, we will uh, we'll find out uh, if if either one of us is someone worth listening to when it comes to their picks uh, Monday night after the game ends. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we're like four and one and three and two, and and not uh, and not. Um, two and three and one and four. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, but yeah, no, this was a, uh, this was a very fun show in the future. This football Friday show, will try to be a, a lot more concise and just uh, focus on the, the, the hard facts of the game in front of us rather than breaking down the teams. But this one had a little extra because it was week one and you know, we're, we still were kind of doing a little bit of a preseason recap with some of it. It felt like, Exactly. Plus, we were talking about the injuries, and we spent a good portion of the time talking about the uh, Thursday night game, too. So that'll do it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're always going to be talking about the Thursday night game on Football Fridays. but the Yeah, injuries... but it may not be always as great a game as it was. <laughs> yeah. uh, injuries, uh, there will be more devoted to injuries on the Tuesday release shows that Monday recap, and then we'll be talking about injuries that happened uh, around the league after the first set of games. So. Uh, yeah. So we kind of combine that into the show too. 
But normally, uh, the, the schedule, this, this is now season two of the JML for Real podcast. Uh, uh, the odd seasons will all be uh, the off seasons, and the uh, even seasons will all be the regular seasons and the playoffs. So this is season two, and the format for season two is on Friday, release a football Friday show, recapping the Thursday night football game, previewing uh, previewing the um, Sunday and Monday uh, Sunday games and Monday night game, and um, and given our top five picks, uh, Dave and Josh, Dave Black and Josh Rarick will be rotating those shows with me uh, on uh, early Sunday morning. Uh, on early Monday morning, we'll, we'll be do- I'll be releasing a NFL recap for the Sunday uh, for the Sunday slate of games. Um, may or may not include Sunday night football. That might be moved to the next night. Uh, it'll just be, you know, stars of the games and, and how they played out and, uh, you know, what we learned about the teams as a result of it. And then uh, on uh, Tuesday, we will be releasing the, um, we'll be releasing the uh, Monday night, potentially Sunday night recaps and uh, covering the injuries that happened that weekend and uh, the news that we gained off of those injuries on Monday and on early Tuesday. Look for that Tuesday game to, uh, that Tuesday podcast to release more towards the evening. Uh, look for the uh, uh, the Sunday podcast to be released early Monday morning, and look for these Football Friday shows to be released as uh, you're driving home from work on Friday. So uh, yeah, um, Sunday games I will be riding solo, and Tuesday I will uh, Sunday podcast I will be riding solo, and Tuesday podcast I will be featuring someone who has not been figured out at this current point in time, but uh, that's what this schedule looks like. We might have some other specials in there, but uh, we're going to be that. That's what you can expect from the JML for Real podcast. We're going to run it a tad bit more like uh, like uh, like sports talk and a, a little less like a. Um, but we're going to run it a tad more like what you just heard, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Remember to join the JML for Real community. I'm also going to try to start set up some of these shows to. Uh, the Tuesday show, I might actually try to set it up to where people can call into Zoom. Um, it's not um, it's not going to be a live podcast, so you but you will be able to hail your hail yourself the next day. I'm going to post that in the JMO for Real uh, community on Facebook, just the Zoom link whenever it goes up, and uh, people will be able to jump in and out at the point in time and uh, b- become part of the show. Ask ask what uh, you know. Ask some questions about the uh, maybe some of the games that week and uh not i'm not saying i have the answers but i, I definitely have opinions and i definitely will gap so um and, yeah and if you just want to uh, gap on that show by all means it's going to be a lot less formal and uh, hopefully it'll include various people from, from the community so thank you for being a part of the jmo uh, for real community thank you for uh, like us liking us on apple and google and uh keep those reviews coming and uh you know follow me on uh twitter i i just did the uh, uh, did a little bit of uh, live tweeting of the game tonight, so uh, you know catch up on that and uh, all the news that's going on and uh, Instagram and TikTok. Yes, I did, I updated TikTok for the first time in a while today, so I will try to be more consistent with that platform. Uh, I know that some of you are have been disappointed that I have not been more consistent with that, and uh, definitely gonna make an effort. But thank you all for turning out and listening. Thank you to Anchor for hosting this podcast, for World, World and Sport for allowing me to write for them. Check out those articles that are coming out. 
I'll be uh, pumping out three a week uh, with most of the content that I cover in the show. But, uh, you know, I, there will be things that I cover uh, on that that I don't cover in, uh, in the podcast. And there will be things that I cover in the podcast that I don't uh, cover in the articles. So, um, but, you know, it, it, both will have a, a, a similar gist. So, uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. And um, any final words, Dave? I still want to buy a vowel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Trollback. Uh, and uh, your, your vowel will be uh, you, and it goes right after that F. Oh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and then after that is a D, and then a G, and E. Fudge! Mm, ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> no, I just want to say thank you, John. Uh, it's, an, it's been an honor doing the show with you. Uh, it's been a, it's an honor to do uh, you know season two episode one. Uh, take that, Josh. We didn't bash you enough tonight, so uh, take that, Josh. Uh, yeah, that's all. Thanks, John, for having me on, and thank you, all listeners out there. Keep supporting John and then everything that he does, and we'll keep doing the these shows for you guys, or we'll make them better, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, no. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, you know, have a great night. Good night. Football is back.